This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. Today is Monday. It is April 4th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. At least two shooters opened fire early Sunday in Sacramento in the city's second mass shooting in five weeks, killing six people and wounding 12 others as bars closed for the night and crowds emptied onto downtown streets, police said. Three men and three women were killed, police chief Kathy Lester said. Thir- uh, their bodies remained on the pavement hours after the gunfire erupted around 2 a.m. Police sought clues from a crime scene that stretched across multiple city blocks as they searched for the shooters. At least four of the wounded were hospitalized with life-threatening injuries. Authorities have not identified any of the victims or offered a possible motive. Investigators poured through hundreds of pieces of evidence, much of it documented on the streets in blue and yellow markers as officials begged the public to come forward with tips and video that could help find the suspects. Sunday's violence was the third time this year in the United States that at least six people have been killed in a mass shooting. Sacramento has endured two mass shootings in the last five weeks. On February 28th, a father killed his three daughters, a chaperone, and himself at a Sacramento church during a weekly supervised visitation. The area where Sunday's killings occurred is on the outskirts of the city's main entertainment district and has many bars and restaurants. It's anchored by the Golden One Center that attracts big-name concerts and is home to the NBA's Sacramento Kings. City officials have invested heavily in the area to promote development. Videos on social media showed what appeared to be an altercation before the gunfire in California's capital city, but officials don't know if that fight is what led to the shooting. Philadelphia police are investigating a shooting that left a man injured in the city's Strawberry Mansion section on Sunday. It happened at 2 a.m. just outside of a church on the 2900 block of Ridge Avenue. Police say a 25-year-old man was shot in the shoulder and chest. He was rushed to an area hospital where he was placed in stable condition. At least 26 shots were fired on the block. About 10 minutes before the shooting, church president Glenn Bryan says church officials were discussing gun violence and how the community can help those dealing with trauma. Children are afraid to go to school. Parents are afraid to send their kids to school. Older adults are afraid to go to the store and people shouldn't have to live like that, said Brian. No arrests have been made. Uh, Police are asking if you have any information to please call them at 215-686-TIPS. Airlines canceled and delayed more than 10,000 Saturday and Sunday flights because of storms in Florida and a technology issue at Southwest Airlines, stranding travelers across the country and creating long wait times to reach airline customer service. More than 3,400 flights were canceled and 8,800 flights delayed this weekend. Uh, As of This was as of 3.15 yesterday according to Flight Tracker uh, Flight Aware. So uh, from 3.15 on, there probably was more. Uh, The flight woes come during the busy spring break travel season and at a time when travel is surging because of pent-up demand from the pandemic. Southwest, the nation's largest largest domestic carrier, was the hardest hit in terms of number of flights. The airline canceled 520 flights on Saturday uh, for 14% of its operation and 398 flights on Sunday. In addition to weather, Southwest said it had an intermittent technology issue early Saturday that hurt the airline as well. So just add that to it. Uh, Southwest, the nation's largest domestic carrier, previously uh, said about 40 to 50 percent of its planes fly through Florida on any given day. Uh, Spirit, JetBlue, and American Airlines also canceled hundreds of flights. Travelers whose flights were canceled by the airline are due a refund and not just a travel credit, regardless of the reason for a flight. I was watching an news piece on how some airlines are just saying, "Okay, we're not doing this route anymore. We're skipping the city like they're eliminating. Yeah, because they have they don't have a staffing to fly those routes and all the other stuff you're talking about. And they're just saying, well, we're not flying there anymore. So it's pretty wild. 
Um, so the problem for many travelers in those situations is that they still need to get home or to their destination, and the refund refund won't cover the pricey last-minute mm-hmm. flights on the airline. So they're saying in those cases, your only option is to accept the next available flight <laughs> the airline offers, even if it's not the same day. Well, you, you talked, Preston, you brought up something, or it was rules, or what you are entitled to, which people don't know. They, yeah, they remember have... there was it was the uh, the travel detective. It was a guy's name. Right. It was like uh, Rule Two Forty or something like that, which is they are they are bound uh, if there is a if it I a suitable. It's, I think if it's weather related right. or something like that, they are they are bound to get you on another flight free yeah, of charge. But it doesn't have to be that day. Like yeah, it's the I next. Know. I think ava- it's within forty eight hours. It's like right? the next available. Yeah. So yeah. if that's two days later, then you're going two days all, later. All I know is that you're going to be smiling all that time. Oh, yeah, yeah. seriously. And um, so a friend of mine, I actually uh, saw her, uh, her. She put it on Instagram stories this morning. She was caught up in all of that. It was delayed like ten different times. She finally got to her destination. She gets there and her luggage isn't there. So now, <sighs> now she's tracking her luggage. Her luggage. She went to Florida. Her luggage went to North Carolina and then back to Philadelphia. So her yeah. Luggage- uh, Luggage is here. She's in Florida. If you're checking your bags in that scenario, man, you're just screwed. Well, that's what happened to Marissa and I on the way yeah. home from Chicago. It mm-hmm. got canceled because of weather. Um, even though where we were and where we were going, the weather was fine. And then, you know, our luggage just ended up, you know, lagging and, and Not we had good. to wait for it. Yeah. All right, in sports this morning. The Sixers beat the Cavaliers 112 to 108 last night in Cleveland. Joel Embiid scored 44 points and made 20 trips to the free free throw line in the win over the Cavs. Embiid added 17 rebounds, and James Harden had 21 points, 10 rebounds, and 10 assists in his second triple-double with the team as they locked up the playoff spot. The Sixers are on the road again tomorrow night with the game in Indiana against the Pacers. Tip-off is at 7 o'clock. The Flyers beat the Rangers 4-3 in an overtime shootout. Madison Square Garden. Kevin Hayes scored the only goal in the shootout, and Martin Jones made 43 saves to lift the Flyers to the win. It was just their ninth road win in 34 games this season. The Flyers are back at home tomorrow night and will host the Columbus Blue Jackets. On Saturday night, because of uh, Coach Mike Yo's decision, Keith Yandel was not in the lineup on Saturday night for the first time since March of 2009 when he was with Phoenix. His consecutive games played. Iron Man streak ended at 989 uh, after lasting from March 26, 2009 to March 29th of this year. Yandel uh. was also a healthy scratch for last night's game. And Philly native Don Staley and the University of South Carolina are the national champs. One year after a loss in the Final Four to eventual champions uh, Stanford, number one South Carolina earned the program's second national championship with a 64-49 win over two-seed UConn. Gamecocks, who went 14-0 against teams ranked in the top 25 this season, became the eighth program to win the multiple national titles in NCAA women's basketball history. South Carolina is the 12th team to go wire-to-wire as number one in the AP poll and win it all. Staley is also now 2-0 in national championship games. And that's what I have for you this morning. You know... 
we're in our 12th year of playing that clip of Nick, and I, it, it still does not get old to me. I think it's 14 years. Is it 14 years? Yeah, because it was 2008 that the Phils won the World Series. And, I was thinking nine. Yeah, and uh, oh my God. Yeah. I have offered and would put out the offer that if ESPN or any one of the yeah. national Thank services you. would like to... We could lend them that clip sure, to sure. play. Sure. Very, right? I mean, it doesn't get more, you know, honest, honest and uh, play the big one. <laughs> You're right. Tell me how that would not rally a nation. Uh, very well, man. All right. Well, anyhow, uh, welcome to Monday morning with the President of Steve Show. We have a lot of things happening. Uh, first of all, we're going to start with the fact that we have a new Word of the Week prize and we have a pair of tickets and an autographed guitar. And a room for the night. Ooh. As MMR rocks Steel Panther. Oh, hey. The Resurrections. Or it's called the Res Erections Tour. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> Saturday, April 30th. And that's at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Atlantic City. They're playing the sound wave. So we will put you up for the night. You will have you will laugh your ass. I miss off. those guys. I do too. We have you know what? We're we're overdue. Maybe we should check in with them yeah, sometime. Yeah. In the near future, just to see how the fellas are doing. But the Res Erections <laughs> Tour uh, is coming up. Nobody does it better than, no. than they do. Oh. I, it, they're great musicians, uh, yep. A, but the stuff is so damn funny. It is. It's exactly what it's all about. So, uh, anyhow, uh, we have that going on. We also have uh, a big cash promotion that starts today. It's called MMR's Concert Cash. And we will do that at 8 o'clock, and it happens uh, seven times during the day. Uh, so it's your chance to win. I think we do it seven times. One, two, three, yeah. four, five, six. Yeah, seven times. Right. Eight, ten, noon, two, four, six, and 8 p.m. And it's real simple. It's a, the contest that we've done before where we give you a keyword, and then you have until 15 minutes after the hour to enter that keyword, and there's three ways to enter it. Uh, random entry is drawn, and we give away a prize. We give away $500 and a pair of tickets to see the MMRBQ. Uh, and then if you enter via the app or the website, you're entered for a $10,000 grand prize. And it's brought to you by AAA Distributor. So we start that today. Excellent. We do that every day, Monday through Friday, for a number of weeks. You need the details, you can get it at WMMR.com, but it's simple, and we would love for you to win some cash and some tickets starting today. So don't miss that opportunity. We also have some great guests on the program today. Around 8 o'clock, our friend documentarian Ken Burns has been on this program many, many times. So great. Us. Yes, the legendary Ken Burns effect. <laughs> that guy himself will be joining us. And he has a documentary that starts tonight on uh, PBS, and it is about Benjamin Franklin. Yeah, we kind of own this one. I think so. Yeah. I think you're right about that. So we'll uh, we'll talk to Ken Burns later on today about his documentary. Uh, and then we also have... Kevin Bacon and his brother Michael joining us as well. The Bacon Brothers are performing tomorrow night at Ardmore Music Hall. So we will talk to both of those guys via Zoom. Later on this morning, we'll dive into some bacon for breakfast. So bacon. we have that and a bunch of other stuff. So let's take a break. Come back. We got to, uh, you know, break down the Grammys a little yes. bit. Those were last yeah. night. So we'll reveal some of the awards and things that happened, as well as a few other things to mention on top of it. We'll come back in just a second. Stay with us. Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant... 
Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high quality, round brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. So the Super Question Prize today, a pair of sweet tickets to join Brent Porsche as NASCAR returns to Dover Motor Speedway on May 1st. And if you answer this question correctly, you win. If someone is taking your axillary temperature, where have they put the thermometer? Mm-hmm. 215-263-WMMR. Let's see if you know the answer, all right? If someone is taking your... What was that noise? That was me making a popping... Uh... Temperature thing. Oh, a temperature yeah. thing. Okay. Uh, so where have they put the thermometer? 215-263-WMMR. Call now if you know the answer. We have a bunch of big birthdays day on April 4th. Uh, it is Robert Downey Jr.'s birthday today. There you go. He's 57. Lately, I have been uh, obsessed with uh, Frank Caliendo's impression oh, yeah. of Robert Downey Jr. Because if you follow him, uh, follow him on social media, he gives... Uh, little tutorials on how to do yes. impressions of yeah. people. And his Robert Downey Jr. is just like most of his are spot on. And this one, uh, over the progression of his time doing it, he's actually, like, the first time he presented it to us, it was like, in the ballpark. Yeah. Now it's spot on. Yep. What's Robert Downey Jr.'s story? I think I was too young to know. Wasn't there, like, controversy he, around he, he, him? Oh, or? He, was yeah. a, he was an addict. He had he had a, a, a bad addiction. The famous story, Preston, is that he was found in, like, a motel room in a Wonder Woman costume sleeping in someone's bed. Oh, seriously? Yeah. 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 Yep. And got sober and yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. He okay. turned his life around. Like he was, he was facing prison time. Okay. Like all kinds of there were there were trials. In fact, he did go to jail, didn't uh, he? He did, but yeah. uh, but, but the, he was able to work a deal. Do you remember who his champion was? Who helped Mel Gibson? Get, yeah. It was Mel Gibson. Yeah, Mel and he was famous there. at the time of this. He oh was. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, when he came back and did the movie Chaplin, that was a huge. Sort of comeback for him. Okay. Yep. So he turns 57 years old today. Uh, David E. Kelly, the producer and writer, Ally McBeal, the practice, Boston Legals, had some tremendously successful TV shows. Is 66 today. Uh, Christine Lottie, the actress. Uh, Which writer? Yeah, Chicago Hope, Smart People. Steve, she was in a movie we were talking about the other day, The Doctors. Yes. uh, The wife in that film. Uh, She is 72 today. Clive Davis, the record executive producer, uh, is 90 years old today. Uh, some people have uh, vilified him and other people love him to death. The one, he, I mean, the guy's a, a massive force in music. You and know? just like a few years ago, publicly declared he was gay. He yeah. Out of the closet. Yeah. Anyways. What, 81? Yeah, something yeah. like that. So he's 90 years old today. So a big one for him. Natasha Leone, the actress uh, from the American Pie movies, Slums of Beverly Hills. She did a turn on Orange is the New Black. She's um, another one who had a pretty bad drug yeah, addiction. Yeah, she was a heroin and, uh, She was a squatter in, yeah. in, in, in a building, and they, they kept trying to evict her. Now she seems to be doing well. Yeah, she's uh, 43 today. Uh, we just had Lisa Welchel on, uh, was it last week or the week before? Yeah, about uh, two weeks ago. We just had her on, uh, it is Nancy McKeon's birthday. Joe. Joe from the Facts of Life, yep. She had a motorcycle. Uh, she turns 56 years old today. I was a Joe guy. We were a Joe guy? I, I had a crush yeah. on her big time, yep. I thought she was super duper cute. And wasn't her brother on Alice? 
Wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Michael McKeon, right? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think played, that's his name. Was yeah. he the son? Yeah, I think he oh was. My God. I'm probably wrong on that. No, I, I think, think no, I think you're correct about that, Steve. Uh, we can verify, but uh, she is 56 years old today. Uh, it's also Jamie Lynn Spears' birthday. Boy, there was a thing about her and her relationship with Britney not that long ago mm-hmm. with, with the conservatorship ending and Britney saying that she, you know, uh, Jamie Lynn didn't stand by her no. and all this stuff. They are, and, they are very much estranged. And then yeah. Jamie Lynn had that book and was out touring, and that, that made Britney even that much more furious. It's, it is a wild family dynamic. Yep, she's 31 today. Uh, it's David Blaine's birthday today. Uh, David Blaine is 49 years all right, old. All right. What what number are you thinking of? 47. That's right. What? I just did that. Oh, wow. you did? Oh, you wow. knew it. He's amazing. <laughs> I remember his first special when it hit. We were pretty blown away by, oh my God. by his abilities. I've never seen stuff like that. And yeah. and, and still the... Um, you know he's he's really good at selling that that big that big sort of thing. Whether there was some camera trickery or not, for that for that morning after Preston, we were like, I think we found a guy who can do magic. The the last one I remember seeing, he still did some stuff that I was like, when he when he was uh, sticking the needle in his uh, yeah through his arm, doing a lot of that like lately. That. I'm like, whoa, man! You, get out of you my remember house. he yeah, get out of <laughs> yeah yeah there was. There was Harrison, uh, Harrison Ford. Ford. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there was there was a note in an orange that yeah. a fresh orange that Harrison Ford cuts. Yeah. and there's a note in it. And you know what? It's actually there. There are other music uh, magicians that do these tricks. Yeah, yeah. but for some he reason, sells it. he right. sells it really well. I saw his live performance at uh, the Tower, which you know, going into, it, I was like, how dynamic can this guy be on stage? He was actually really great. Wait a second, <laughs> you? What's your name? Yeah. You? Is this Casey. Hold it. That's right. Oh, yeah. my God. How did he know that? By the way, in uh, the Burt Wonderstone movie, <laughs> yes. yeah, uh, yeah. Jim Carrey as a, a character that's kind of like him and Chris Angel, yeah. uh, a composite character, the yeah. stuff he does is great. Is just hilarious. He, dr- he drills into his skull. <laughs> and, he, and he's done with it. He just goes... Uh, So David Blaine is 49 today. Craig T. Nelson from Coach. Nope, wrong one. Poltergeist and voice of Mr. Incredible in The Incredibles. (laughs) It's it's, still, is it my absolute favorite still? It might be. It's It's sensational. It's up there in my top three for sure. Uh, but the first of those Pixar movies, besides Toy Story, to go, right. wow, this is absolutely incredible. Incredible. There you go. Uh, but he turns uh, 78 years old today. Uh, another great actor, Mr. Hugo Weaving. My God, could he be in any more <laughs> pop culture stuff that's right in our right in our zone? Lord of the Rings movies. He's Red Skull. Right. He's the Matrix movies. He's the, uh, the Smith. Uh, right, the, uh, Agent Smith. Agent Smith. V for Vendetta. He's V. That I mask, mean, everything. That's him. Yeah, he's uh, he's pretty amazing. Uh, uh, he was not in the, the most recent Matrix movie, though. There were a number of cast members from the original trilogy that didn't make it into that movie. He turns uh, 62 years old today. Uh, it's also David Cross's birthday today. Love David Cross. 
funny in everything that he's chicken pot, chicken pot, chicken pot pie. That's him. Uh, he is fifty eight. Uh, we we had a chance to speak to uh, the next birthday I'm going to mention. Great actor Barry Pepper. Yes, uh, Saving Private Ryan, uh, The Green Mile, True Grit, Enemy of the State, sixty one. So many great movies. Battlefield in Earth, fantastic in it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, he is sixty one. Uh, and then the last birthday is a uh, comedian and actor Eric Andre. Uh, who is great. We watched Righteous Gemstones. Yeah. He, his character is hilarious. Uh, and he turns 38. And he's done a ton of VO stuff, of voiceover things uh, throughout the years, including more recently uh, Sing 2 and Mitchell's versus the Machines. I think, did that win Grammy for, or, or I mean, uh, Oscar? Or it was up for... Uh, uh, it was nominated, yeah. Wait, oh, it, it, it didn't win... Golden Globe, I think. Something no, like that. No, I think it was up for an Oscar, but I, I don't think it won. A Tony. Anyhow, uh, <laughs> he is 38 today. All right, we'll see if we can get an answer to the super question this morning. If someone is taking your axillary temperature, where do they put the thermometer? 215-263-WMMR. We'll go to Shannon and see if we know the answer. Hi there, Shannon. Good morning. Uh, Good morning morning to you. All right, Shannon, (laughs) where do they put the thermometer if it's your axillary temperature? Uh, That would be your underarm. Yeah, your armpit. (laughs) Hang on a second, Shannon. I don't know if I've ever had that. I don't think I have either. And, uh, Shannon, we have got a pair of tickets. Uh, no, no, we don't. Yeah. Yes, we have a pair of sweet tickets to join Brent Porsche as NASCAR returns to Dover Motor Speedway May 1st with the Duramax Dry, uh, Drydeen 400. And you can get tickets at uh, doverspeedway.com. So we will give those away all week. At the box office, number one this week was Morbius. made $38 million. It's been beaten up by the critics, but Casey actually liked it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, then you have The Lost City, The Batman, Uncharted, Jiu-Jitsu, Kaisen. Uh, we have RRR at number six. RRR. I don't know. Oh. Spider-Man No Way Home, followed by Dog X. And everything, everywhere, all at once to round out the top ten. All right, so the Grammys were last night. Should we go through a few of them here? Yeah, we can get, we can get it. <laughs> we can get that. Yeah. I, uh, I didn't watch it. I forgot it was on, <laughs> um, but I found out this morning that it was, and and sure enough, and and part of the reason that I forgot it was on and don't care. We had a quick discussion off air. All of the rock categories aren't even included in the telecast. A, B, it was delayed a couple times. It actually, the the Grammys happened after the Oscars. That never happens. Yeah. But I mean, I just, on my level of caring at all. There's nothing there you're into. It just doesn't speak to me. Right. I don't don't seek out new and interesting music, (laughs) like, like, uh, you know, like Star Trek, new and interesting world. Right, right. So, it just is, it's not on my register anymore. It's the first time it came uh, from Las Vegas. They did it in Las Vegas. Yeah. So... Uh, the big winners last night, John Batiste uh, had a great evening, and uh, he had the most nominations. He had 11 nods. He walked out with five, uh, honored with one of the most coveted of the night, album of the year. Uh, Silk Sonic grew their way to the stage uh, when announced winners of record of the year for Leave the Door Open. So Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack. Uh, were the two that are part of that. And by the way, that that's some historic wins for Bruno Mars because I think he's been involved in three records of the year because he had Uptown Funk, and right. that was another collaboration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's done it in a couple of collaborative forms, and then he got another win as well. I, so, but I, I don't understand. Okay, so John Baptiste, his album won album of the year. Right, and then this record of the year. Oh, no, 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 but what I'm... So this this is what I don't get, and this is what pisses me off. All right, so Rock, they were like, okay, we're just going to give all the awards out prior to, right? Like, like it doesn't matter at all. Mm-hmm. But they they give away um, R and B album of the year. Now listen, I like R and B music, and I'm and I'm pretty. Uh, I try to stay in tune with new music. 
But, and the girl who won the R&B album of the year is from Philadelphia. Never heard of her, right? right? Never ever heard. But John Baptiste's album was up, up for uh, R&B. How can it win album of the year and it can't even win its own category? Right. That's you know what I mean? interesting. I don't know. It's I dumb. It, it, it makes yeah. no sense. But the history of these award shows is jammed with incongruity. One, one of the things that I did enjoy, I watched one of the acceptance speeches from John, Batiste, uh, John Baptiste, and I don't know which award it was for. It might have been for album of the year. But he he said something really interesting, he, and I'm going to paraphrase. Yeah. He said he said, I, I really don't believe that there is a best musician, a best actor, a best singer, a best album. artist, yeah. or anything. He's like, it's all subjective. You know, he was appreciative of the award, yeah. but he was also saying the arts are a place for reaching people that yeah. need to be reached, and that's all there's to it. And there's no best, quote-unquote best. And I'm like, yeah, dude, you're right. His description of music has a radar to it, and it yeah. finds you when you need it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, was it was great. And he's, he's uh, of course, insanely talented. I went and back, I, and I listened to the song yeah. uh, that that uh, is the big hit from the record, and I'm like, I really like this tune. It's yeah. pretty cool. It's a, more of a traditional-sounding R&B tune, uh, and I liked it a lot, so... Uh, nonetheless, uh, so who else do we have here? Uh, 19-year-old Olivia Rodrigo. She went away with three Grammys. Yeah, did and, damn good. Yep. And as far as the, the rock categories go, uh, there was, um, it's funny because there, there were no awards given away in the rock uh, category, but they certainly talked about Taylor Hawkins a lot, and they, they had a nice tribute to him. And they were, Foo Fighters were going to play. Yeah. Which is interesting because they were going to televise the awards that they were up for. Um, so Billie <laughs> Eilish, during her uh, first number, um, performed with her brother Phineas. It was a pretty, uh, you know, um, uh, I thought a pretty good number that ended kind of in a rocking way. She was wearing a Taylor Hawkins jersey, which she kept, you know, right. pointing to and raising up. So, right. uh, and uh, that was cool. So Foo Fighters won three awards. I'll run down the, the details and all. And uh, some of the other things happened. It was uh, Trevor Noah was the host. Yes. And, uh, the solid, solid host. Kept it moving. Yep. One quick reference to the Will Smith thing. You yeah, know. he said he was going to keep people's names yeah, out, out, of his, out of his mouth. Yeah. Um, and uh, Ukraine's President Zelensky uh, actually had a prepared, pre-recorded speech as well. And, and John, he performed with Daft Punk. Uh, oh, that which was really <laughs> kind of wild. Um, I'll go through some of the... Well, let's play a little um, monologue from uh, a clip from Trevor Noah. Yeah, play, play a little bit. And, uh, and then I'll, I'll run down some of the, the winners. So here's uh, Trevor Noah. And look at this room. This is a party. Everyone's hanging out. We're in Vegas. Look at this. You know, people are doing shots. I mean, last year people were doing shots, but it was more Moderna and Pfizer. This time, we're back in the mix. And you should see everyone is here. Like Olivia Rodrigo. I saw Olivia Rodrigo myself. She was getting carted and she had to show a bounce of her actual driver's license. It was like history, people. I saw Nas standing next to Lil Nas X. Plot twist, Lil Nas is actually taller. They don't tell you this. Yeah. Billie Eilish and her brother Phineas are here. There's only one question I can't wait to ask them. And I think it's the question that everyone's been dying to know. What is Phineas's last name? Is it Eilish? It has to be Eilish, right? Like, why won't you tell us, Phineas? What are you hiding? BTS is in the house, people. And before we fight, I call dibs on RM. You guys can fight over everybody else. Sure. Lady Gaga and Jared Leto are here as well, everyone. That's going to be fun. Yes. It's not a full house of Gucci. More like an apartment of Gucci. A Gucci Airbnb. You know? But this room is full of music royalty. Justin Bieber. I saw him somewhere. That's right. There he is. JB in the house. The best thing to happen to Peaches since that Timothy Chalamet movie. <laughs> 
So energetic, and uh, you know that was good. Again, they adopted that sort of uh, Golden Globes. Uh, every, the uh, the nominees were at tables, mm-hmm. and uh, right up front, and then they had the actual regular you know rows of seats behind them. So that worked out well. Uh, let's play some of the Taylor Hawkins uh, tribute, if you will, Case. We could cue yep. that up. Uh, and this was a pre-recorded. They showed mm-hmm. clips of him. Yeah, and, and it was really nice. Very nice. He's the best drummer in the world. We love him so much. I realized that to be a good drummer, you have to be an athlete. Showing a montage of photos, of clips, yeah. videos of him. Yeah. And, of course, um, Foo Fighters ended up winning uh, MM March Madness. I was listening yeah. to uh, Jackie playing the, the, the two-hour uh, live concert. It was really cool. Was, it was uh, nice, yeah. Very much enjoying that. So a lot of love uh, thrown uh, um, Taylor's way uh, this past week and weekend. Um, so I'll run through some of the uh, winners here, if you will. So record of the year went to Leave the Door Open from Silk Sonic. Which uh, I'm not fully familiar, but I liked what I saw. And they're embracing sort of a 70s yeah. funk vibe. Yeah, the one dude, so I, don't, I, I know, uh, obviously I know uh, Bruno Mars, but the other guy, who is it? Um, Anderson, uh, Anderson Pack. Pack. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, was that, uh, was he wearing a wig? I, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't I know. I didn't see it. Was I, don't, very, I don't know. Uh, he looked like, um, he looked like Will from Stranger Things <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, in the yeah. third season. Oh, it was yeah. a very bad hairdo. Marissa? They were playing a character. When they won towards the end, they got on stage and, and continued the shtick. Okay. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Okay, yeah, that's the way. He actually had a funny, I think we had, do we have him? We uh, did. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Here's the clip. Listen, listen, listen. We are really trying our hardest to remain humble at this point, okay? But in the industry, we call that a clean sweep. All right? To all the other nominees, y'all know we love y'all. We love y'all, all right? Drinks is on Silk Sonic tonight. We getting drunk. I know a lot of y'all fans might be upset, so we don't get out of here before the internet gets to talking. The first time they won, Preston, they are doing this dance, and they're like, "Yeah." it went on for a while, but it was very funny. I saw the video yeah, yeah. of them dancing around. That did look like yeah. it was a lot of fun. Uh, album of the Year went to We Are, John Batiste. Song of the Year went to Leave the Door Open. Uh, and then, of course, that's for the songwriters, by right, the way. Right, and, right, right. Uh, so uh, Bruno Mars is one of those, along with Brandon Anderson, Christopher Broyd, Brown, and uh, Durrance Emile II. Uh, best new artist went to Olivia Rodrigo. She is just a lovely young girl. She's a lovely young girl. <laughs> yeah, she had kind of a thing that always uh, made her look like she was perpetually crying. Oh, but really? It was makeup. Yeah. It was under her eyes. I, I did thought, not know that. This girl's very sad. And then I realized it was some sort of makeup. 
Uh, let's see. Best pop vocal album went to her, Sour, for Olivia Rodrigo. Uh, the best pop solo performance went to Olivia Rodrigo for Driver's License. Lovely young girl, Lovely of course, yes. <laughs> you know, it looks like she's crying. But yeah, did, she I, did I mention that already? I, I think I heard that somewhere. Uh, best pop group, duo group performance went to Doja Cat featuring SZA. SZA. Yeah. Yeah. SZA. And I think that's probably a reference to uh, SZA's sisters. Which, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. sort of a, a lesbian act where they... Do. Sort of a uh, uh, almost a yoga pose. Legs. They, they connect their uh, yeah. uh, crotches. I Maybe got you. she was a barber or a hairstylist. I don't know. This could be. It yeah. could be. Yeah. Uh, best pr- traditional pop vocal album went to uh, Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga. Love for sale. I think we have a clip of yep. um, uh, pre-taped Tony Bennett intros. Yes. Um, and, and so if you when you hear when she's singing, Preston, as she's. She gets introduced, she sings, and she's a fantastic singer. Yeah. She's very yeah. lovely. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if she's ever done that scissor thing I was about to do. But um, they, uh, uh, Tony's image is popping up and it catches her for a second. Okay, so. here we go. Perfect. Please welcome Lady Gaga. Aww. Dreaming of Tony, I composed a Just as you know. This is when she gets a little yeah. emotional here. Yeah, right. Here. Gaga has become like the. She's caring for the older guard with this thing with Liza Minnelli the other night. I love it. I love. She has great to to have respect for what um, has happened before you. If you don't have that, you're missing out on a lot. Mm. And she clearly. And by the way, she takes the art form and raises the bar again. She does tremendous. Yeah, she's very special. Yeah. Uh, best alternative music album went to Daddy's Home from St. Vincent. Daddy's as, Home! As far as, and then then the other rock categories here for you. Uh, best rock performance went to Foo Fighters for Making a Fire. Uh, best rock song went to Waiting on a War. And that's, of course, Foo Fighters. And the whole band is in, uh, a part is mentioned as songwriters. So they get credit. Everybody does. Uh, best rock album went to Foo Fighters for Medicine at Midnight, and best metal performance went to Dream Theater for The Alien. That's pretty cool. Dream yeah. Theater getting a, getting a Grammy. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if they've. I, I do not know their history of uh, the Grammy Awards and if they've won before. Uh, and then uh, best country album went to Chris Stapleton. I think we have a clip of that, right? Yeah. All right. Here's that. I'm a dad of five, and uh, today is my twins' birthday. They're four years old. So I, I thank you. So I think a lot about I'm thinking a lot about sacrifices. Uh, I think because I missed out on some of their birthday today. So, and everybody in this room has made some kind of a sacrifice to be up here doing this. And I don't know what it is for everybody, but um, I, I know I know that it uh, hurts sometimes. But uh, hopefully, we're all doing it so that we make the world a better place, and the people that live in it will love each other and have a good time together and come together. Oh, I'm saying to my my twins who's Birdly, I'm missing today that if you come on up and hug the TV, it'll feel warm, almost like I'm there, <laughs> but I'm not uh, he, here. Uh, he also won uh, Best Country Solo Performance with uh, You Should Probably Leave. 
<laughs> I like that. You should probably leave yeah. right about now, I think. It's a bit much. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit much. Y'all ain't from around here, are you? You should probably leave. No, I have no idea what the song's about. All right, so anyway, those are the Grammys in a nutshell. I have a couple other things to touch on quickly. Let's do it. Uh, if we'll move around uh, along here. So Will Smith announced on Friday uh, that he is resigning from the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. Um, in his resignation, uh, Smith said that he is heartbroken, adding that he would like to put the focus back on those who deserve attention for their achievements and allow the Academy to get back to the incredible work it does to support creativity and artistry in film. He said, so I am resigning from the membership in the Academy of the Motion Picture Arts and Sciences and will accept any further consequences the board deems appropriate. So I think really what this does is it just eliminates his ability to vote. That's I what so. I was going to ask. That's it. So that's uh, it. That's that's it. it. Well, there's, he can still use the pool, and he gets invited to the mixers. I've oh, got okay. a list of, of the things that this means at the end oh, of this. Right. So uh, he said, change takes time, and I am committed to doing the work to ensure that I never again allow violence to overtake reason. Uh-huh. Uh, the decision means... So far, not going so well. Smith will no longer be a voting member of the Academy. As it stands, he will still retain his Oscar for Best Actor. He can be, he can be nominated for future consideration by the Academy and can still be invited to future ceremonies. David Rubin, the president of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, confirmed that the Academy has received and accepted Smith's resignation. Disciplinary proceedings against the actor for violating the standards of conduct will still take place uh, during the Academy's upcoming board meeting. That'll be on April 18th. But yeah, for the most part, Steve, that's pretty much it, is that he will not be able to vote. He can still be nominated. However, they may consider rescinding the, uh, the award. Yeah, or but I mean, down the road yeah. for future performances, kind of leaving him out if they want to, you know. They could, they could subtly do that. I would say this is that uh, he's doing a lot of preemptive. I think yes, he, he is, is hoping, he's praying that they do not take that Oscar back. Yep. Uh, and by the way, uh, he's also dealing with a little aftermath in that the that uh, Netflix has put a hold on the film Fast and Loose, which Smith was set to star in, while Sony has done the same for Bad Boys Four. So they're yeah. kind of. Well, I think it's probably a cooling off period. Right, and then they'll go back to More it. More than likely. Steve, you mentioned Hope. Yes. Well, Hope Solo is in the uh, entertainment <laughs> news. I put this in here. Man. That to our text chain over the weekend made yeah. me laugh when that oh, came this through. gal, she was listening to this, so I was like, oh, wow. Because she's been in trouble before. She's That's had, true, plus I, I tried to DM her butthole over the weekend. <laughs> oh, my God. But, uh, How'd that go? The account was suspended. Oh, was it? Because yeah. <laughs> I, I follow at Hope Solo's butthole. I see. Yeah, but no. she did make a statement. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's her butthole anyway. Listen, now, this is serious. So she yeah, was yeah. arrested Thursday in Winston-Salem. Police said Solo was arrested in a Walmart parking lot, charged with impaired driving, resisting arrest. You gasped when I said Walmart parking lot. Well, because lot. she wasn't even driving? No, 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 no. She, she, was. she was. She was charged with impaired driving, resisting arrest, and misdemeanor child abuse. Oh, geez. They said her two children were in the car at the time of the incident. You didn't read the story? Okay. No, I just laughed at the headline and mm-hmm. someone's comment that said, I wonder what her butthole thinks. Yeah, so listen to this. <laughs> According to court documents, the officer reported seeing Solo passed out yeah. in the car oh, wow. with the engine running and, and her kid. two children in <gasps> the car. Oh, God. The officer said they could they could smell alcohol. So she was drunk and passed out with the car running with kids in the oh, car. Wow. That, that, that blotto with, with kids in the car. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, Thank it, God she was uh, at a stop. Uh, she uh, she refused a breathalyzer, so I don't know how intoxicated she was. And uh, she was processed and then released from the detention center with a written promise to return to court. So troubled, wow. troubled history with Hope Solo. Yeah, yeah, it's too uh, her bad. Her butthole though stays on the up and up. <laughs> it's squeaky. Yeah, yeah. was it a four H club meeting? Yeah. Uh, this was sad to see. Uh, the beloved Seinfeld star Estelle Harris passed away on Saturday in Palm Desert, California. She died of natural causes weeks before her 94th birthday. No, uh, today. Actually, today is her birthday. Yeah. 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 Uh, so her son, Glenn Harris, told the publication her kindness, passion. See, she played uh, George. She played, played George's, George's mom. Mom. And, and also Mrs. Potato. She was the voice of Mrs. Yeah. Potato Head in Toy Story. Uh, but uh, her son told the uh, publication her kindness, passion, sensitivity, humor, empathy, and love were practically unrivaled, and she will be terribly missed by all those who knew her. Preston, I was, so I was grabbing the clip of her from um, the Toy Story movies, uh, kind of a montage of clips. You just start laughing because her character was so much fun, and she did it so well. Uh, here's her. Well, let's play the potato head yeah. uh, okay. uh, clips, Casey. Here we go. I can't find my other eye. Oh, you Oh, it's so nice to have a big, strong spot around the house. Oh, you saved their life. Oh, my hero. They're so adorable. Let's adopt them. I'm packing you an extra pair of shoes and your angry eyes, oh, just in case. And if you get hungry, here's some cheese puffs and a key. I don't know what it's for, but you never know. And the golf ball. You have time for golf and a plastic steak and a rubber ducky and a yo-yo and a dime. Call me and monkey chow. Monkey chow? For what? Well, for the monkeys, of course. (laughs) Here's her from uh, Seinfeld. Hello? Ma, I'm getting married. Oh, my God, you're getting married? Yes. Oh, I can't believe it. Frank, come here. Georgie's getting married. Is she pretty? Yes, she's pretty. What difference does it make? Well, I'm just curious. Let me talk to her. Uh, hello? I just want you to know that I love your son very much. You do? Yeah. Really? Yeah. May I ask why? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. She lived a nice long life, though. Uh, She would have been 94 years old today. Yeah, yeah. Very talented. Yep. Uh, let me see here. You know what? We need to. Yeah, yeah uh, we do. We, yeah, we gotta. We gotta skip into Santa's the, gotta go. the clip. Santa's gotta go. We got a lot on the show today. Uh, so uh, let, Santa's gotta go. Let's. <laughs> it never no. fails to get you to laugh. Ian Harding plays assistant coach for a female collegiate basketball team in the new drama series, Long Slow Exhale. And in this clip, Ian explains what he learned from his role. That's the whole thing that I didn't really consider about, you know, sort of sports and collegiate sports was what is the responsibility like sort of off the off the field, off the court? And, and you know, also, I, I didn't really know much about women's uh, college basketball. And so I went and I, I met with uh, an assistant coach over at Georgia Tech. I don't give a f- Long, slow exhale premieres tonight on Spectrum TV. Here's the next clip. Ambulance involves two <laughs> brothers stealing an emergency vehicle with a first responder inside. In this clip, Isa Gonzalez 
explains how her EMT crash course was just enough to get by. I want to make sure to say that I would never dare to do that because obviously what they do is a real job and they really, really train and intimately. Imagine if I could learn in three months anyone could be a paramedic. But I have so much respect for what they do. Shut the f- Ambulance appears in theaters this Friday, by the way. And there you go. That's what I have in the entertainment report today. We have a lot happening. I want to take a break to make sure we stay on time for everything. First of all, we have MMR's concert cash. That's at 8 o'clock. Your first time to win yeah. happens with us, but it goes on seven times during the day. It's $500 and a pair of tickets to MMRBQ. We'll tell you how to win. It's very, very easy. We also have Ken Burns on the show, the documentarian. Uh, has a uh, a show or it's a a feature on Benjamin Franklin. So I'd say we've got an investment in that here in our fair city. We'll talk to Ken a little bit after 8 o'clock as well. And Kevin Bacon, his brother Michael, the Bacon Brothers, are going to be joining us because they're playing a gig tomorrow night at Ardmore Musical. We've got a lot happening. Make sure you stay with us. We'll be back in just a few. Want to see something funny? Uh, Or maybe really messed up? Well, watch The Daily Rush at PrestonandSteve.com. It's a sight to behold. Or something like that. From 93.3 WMMR. I have an impromptu uh, trivia question of sorts. We have something uh, to give away that I can give away. Absolutely. All right. If anyone can answer this question, what is nicknamed locally as a Jersey Beach Whistle? Does anyone happen to know what is nicknamed a Jersey Beach Whistle? It's this item <laughs> that is known colloquially as a Jersey Beach Whistle. And it's not an actual whistle. 215-263-WMMR. Right. You guys don't know what it is. I do not no, know. No, no you, you were chuckling about it over there. Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. I saw it in an article that Kathy sent me over the weekend, and I'm going to reveal the details of this article in a moment, but I don't want to give anything away. Okay. I want to see if anybody happens to know the answer to this to see if it is indeed... Uh, a a well known nickname of anything. So, Jersey Beach Whistle. Yeah, two one five two six three WMMR. Now, while you're calling in, real quick, I'll give you some of the details about the the concert cash, just so we're to kill a little bit of time here. Right. If anybody happens to know this, so it starts today, by the way, uh, at eight, and then we do it at ten and noon, two, four, six, and eight p.m. Uh, and at those hours, we are going to reveal a special keyword. Uh, we will tell you uh, to enter that keyword. You have until 15 minutes after the hour to do it. There are three ways you can do it through the MMR app, which you can have on your mobile device. It's free to download that, by the way. You can go to WMMR.com and do it there, or you can text it to our special contest short code number, which is 45911, and then we'll have a random winner, uh, $500 and two tickets to the MMRBQ Saturday, May 21st. And if you enter via the app or WMMR.com, you're registered to win a $10,000 grand prize. So it's sponsored by AAA Distributor. So uh, that starts today at 8 o'clock. All right, we're going to see if somebody knows the answer. So I'm going to go to Jordan. Hey, Jordan, good morning. Hello, Preston. Good morning. Sorry about you guys at work. Nah, I want to know what is known as a Jersey Beach whistle. So we work in the sewer business, and when we see uh, the applicators that the women flush down the toilet, we call them beach whistles. That's right. The tampon applicator is a Jersey beach whistle. You got it, Jordan. I am going to set you up with uh, Jackass Forever on digital, so hang on just a second. And by the way, All right. so, so wait, you work in the, did you say you work in the sewer uh, department? Yeah, we are. We are the dump out on that. Right, creative. I love that. He said we are the a holes of everyone's a hole. 
Uh, that's and so Jordan, I, I'm going to reveal this this list of things found at the at the Jersey Shore this summer. All right. And apparently, tampon applicators found on the beach are a pretty standard thing. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Pretty so disgusting. so from, so from a raw sewage Hang or on, Jordan, I don't think a lot of people are swapping them out on the sand there, right? Uh, they they found three thousand two hundred and eleven of them. Oh on my the god. Jersey Shore. By the way, that's down 18% from right. the season. So that's not, yeah. Congratulations, New Jersey. You done good. I mean, uh, I Jersey have seen, Beach Whistle. I actually, at one point, there was a floating pad in the surf. And it wasn't um, used. Well, I don't know, but okay. it looked clean. All right. um, but I saw it floating in the surf. I mean, and there were thousands of people. And I, I went and I picked it up. Honey, you, know, and you I may want to use this. God, yeah. That's disgusting. Well, Kath, would you rather me it pick it up there. or do you? Kathy. You... I would rather no one pick it up. Come on. Let it float by. <laughs> Or <laughs> didn't you brine your tampons before you use them? Wait, so don't you remember my, um, I told you guys the story on the air. I think she may have called in, but a friend of mine, her son was on the beach and she, and he was playing with something. It was kind of like back by the dunes. Oh, no. And he was like, mom, he was like, I found a sand shooter. And that's what it was. It was a tampon applicator. And he was putting sand in it and shooting <laughs> a sand out. shooter. She well, was like, oh dear God. It's a Jersey beach whistle. <laughs> and Casey, I personally thank you for cleaning up that disgusting mess. That's why. I that's mean, I, do, do. I yes. did it so there's some two, three, four, five-year-old doesn't pick it up and play with it. Uh, so, yes, the volunteers picked up a record amount of trash from New Jersey beaches last year with plastic items dominating the hall. Uh, the Clean Ocean Action Coastal Environmental Group released its annual report on Wednesday on the results of the prior year's beach sweeps. Over 10,000 volunteers picked up over half a million items along the state's 127-mile coastline and cleanups held in spring and fall of 2021. It's pretty cool that people do that. Yeah, it's great. I, I Sometimes I'll see them, like, out around uh, the Wissahickon Park area, and you'll see people volunteering, and I'm like, I should do that. And you know what? I never have. I, I don't either. But what I, yeah. what I will try to do is at least pick up one piece of trash right. on the way back. If, if we're leaving the beach, I will at least try to find one thing that I can clean. You know what I mean? You just know, just something. a little bit. Because if everybody does that... yeah. Which you're not going to, but if everybody just picks up one piece of trash, it's going to help make it. And difference. then th- throw it out on the AC Expressway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah where it belongs. <laughs> so uh, some of the things, uh, some of the strange things that were found uh, over the time period. I can only imagine uh, a full set of dentures. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sure yep. they come across that stuff fairly often, right? Uh, a used Narcan kit. Oh dear. God. Right. Yep. There's uh, a story behind that. Uh, several marijuana bags. Uh, bullet casings and a fake eyeball found <laughs> at the Jersey Shore. You got to imagine with the amount of people, uh, you know, limbs. Th- any limbs in there? Uh, prosthetic? No, limbs? no, I didn't see any prosthetics. But there were also uh, there was a parking ticket, a lottery ticket, a glue stick, a mini refrigerator, a toilet brush, a TV remote control, uh-huh. a mason jar filled with booze, a plastic monkey. And a set of rosary beads as well. How do they, like, the paper products, how do they make it? Uh, How do they make it? Yeah. I don't think, they they don't necessarily have to be in the water. Oh, okay, so it's just along the beach. Oh, got it, okay. We found last year, we found a, um, I found a, uh, uh, like, a jewelry box, like, one that somebody may have bought, like, a bracelet in or something like that. And you know how that's just a little box. Right, 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 yeah. And you can keep things in it if you want to. And it was filled with uh, some jewelry. It didn't look like anything... 
Do you think that ridiculously there ridiculously was... expensive? I didn't see like big diamonds or anything like that. But we we took it to one of <laughs> we took it to one of the lifeguards. Yeah, and he literally he was like, "Oh, cool, man." You know, I mean, it was like it was very stereotypical. He's like, "Whoa, really? Okay." Like he was almost like, "Why are you giving this to me, yeah. man?" And I was like. There's no finders capers, losers weepers. Nobody else to give it to out here. I'm like here. Yeah. If somebody's looking for this, they'll probably come to you. So here you go. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Hey, did you see uh, that? It's sort of tangential to this. Did you see that thing that washed up as in Australia up on the on the beach? It's like this bloated some kind cre- of creature. Yeah. Yeah. Still trying to determine what it is. Every I've seen stuff that like happens. that on the beach. Yep. You're gonna, uh, see, you, you're gonna see far more of that now that you're down there a lot. Someone also found uh, a message in a bottle. I didn't hear what the message had said on it. Uh, where, are my, where are my rings? All, t- <laughs> all told, 513,605 items uh, were collected last year, the most ever since the beach sweeps began in 1985. Do you remember when there was that massive amount of used medical uh, mm-hmm. waste yeah. and hypodermics and things? Yep. Uh, they, I forget where it was coming from. I think from. it was coming from a, a dentist. dentist. Right, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, more than 82% of the total haul was plastic items or pieces. Bottle caps or cup lids reached a record number of uh, 69,454, as did food and candy wrappers or bags at 58,589. So last year, you guys were down there a lot, obviously. Did you see, do you see a lot of the um, guys with the metal detectors? Um, a few, yeah. You know, I, I think uh, like every other time we went, there was somebody, somebody walking the metal around. Detector, with a metal yeah. detector, There's always yeah. like a town metal detector guy who's out there at <laughs> 6 a.m. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know, it sometimes, and depending on the the um, traffic flow of the weekend, but you know, they have trash cans out there at certain spots, right? And they'll just be there's just mounds of stuff just yeah. overflowing. Like, how do you way fight that? Too what, much. You can't. Whatever you put out is going to get filled up. You can't yeah. put a full dumpster out there on the beach. Yeah, well, they pick it up each. I mean, at least where I go, they pick it up each night. All right. yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think they clear it. Um, you know, once or twice during the day. Isn't that, yeah. Isn't that part of what your beach tags fees go to? Is we don't beach? have beach tags. In, uh, yeah, the okay. free and wildwood. The whole, yeah. Is that the whole island on the mm-hmm. wildwood? Okay, yeah. yeah. So I guess in the other towns. <laughs> Uh, part yeah. of the fees go to or, towards the beach cleanup. Uh, hang on, I'm going to go to Egon. Hi, Egon. Good morning, sir. Is your name? Hey. Yoo-hoo! What's up, Egon? <laughs> hey, good morning, everyone. Hey. Um, so yeah, we lost a full carat diamond um, off my wife's engagement ring uh, years ago, uh, and we didn't realize it happened until we got home that night. Um, realized she was flying the kite. Or at least it was, the kite was handed off, and the string must have caught it and popped it off. She never felt it happen, but she felt her finger hurt from the string. Um, All right, so, so the diamond, the ring itself didn't come up, but the diamond popped off of the setting. Exactly. Oh, that yeah, you're sucks. screwed. And yeah. there's no way to, to detect that. That's, How are you going to find like, a diamond? Even a metal detector wouldn't work. Oh, yeah. man. Exactly. Yeah, I have four boys. We all went back the next morning with the little sand sifters, and we oh. tried for like two hours. Oh. So, so, no luck. <laughs> that that sucks, sucks, man. All right. Yeah. Sorry to hear about that, Egon. How about that, a uh, tampon yeah. applicator? <laughs> yeah, right? Yes, can yeah. we give you a complimentary yeah. uh, New Jersey beach whistle? <laughs> yeah, we'll put this in the setting. Wow. Uh, like I said, more than 82% of the total haul was plastic. The cleanup data also pinpointed seasonal shifts in the type and amount of litter on New Jersey's beaches. 67 out of 95 categories were significantly higher in fall than in spring, uh, including uh, dog waste bags. 
Uh, they leave them out there? You, you can't do that. Uh, plas- throw them in the water. Plastic bottles, <laughs> smoking-related litter. I told you at the, this little uh, this little park, which is right by yeah. where our beach house is, there is literally a free dog bag right. dispenser. Yes. Right? You I, I love to see that. Plastic bags yeah. you can use for dog waste. And at the base of the pole that holds this thing was a huge pile of dog crap. Just don't get it. It, it was right yeah. there, man. It's I'm sure even the dog went like, hmm? Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, so, yeah, uh, there were also plastic bottles, smoking-related litter, so you see lots of cigarette boxes. Hookah pipes. Uh, plastic food, takeout litter, and ice cream spoons or <laughs> sticks. What's the weirdest thing you've ever... Have you ever seen anything... I haven't seen anything really strange. The only thing, the interesting thing I found was that box of... of yeah, jewelry. yeah. Uh, but me personally, I haven't been there long enough, I think, to stumble across... Your odds are going to increase now. Yeah. yeah. Things. Uh, Steve, you mentioned hookah pipes, but I did when I was walking to the beach last year. I, there were these guys that were smoking a hookah. They were, they were smoking <laughs> tobacco. They weren't okay. smoking pot or anything like that. Right. But they were... Uh, they had the the tailgate of their of their SUV um, open, and they right. were just kind of sitting on the tailgate, sucking on a hookah. And I was like, <laughs> "That is interesting." Yeah, people will abandon stuff. Like I've seen people, you know, abandon their their beach chairs uh-huh. or their uh, their little beach. Uh, uh, what would you call it? A beach cart? Caddy. Yeah, beach yeah. cart or caddy. I've yeah. seen them just like it's finally that sucks. Met its demise, and they just leave it. And take it and throw it away somewhere. Yeah, you know? I mean, at the very, very least, you could just put it by the trash cans. Yeah, exactly. Hang on, I'm going to go to Rebecca. Hi, Rebecca. Good morning. Good morning. What's up, Rebecca? So, um, my husband, it was two months before our wedding, and my husband is a hockey player. Yep. So when he was in, when he was 20, he lost his two front teeth, so he had dentures. He had, like, two big teeth. And um, him and his best friend were at the beach. He decided to drunkenly take them out of his mouth and put them in his pocket and go and serve the waves. Oh, my God. And, of course, they fell out. So it's two months before our wedding. He's, like, scouring the sand, him and his drunk best friend, <laughs> and they couldn't find it. They go and they ask the lifeguards, like, hey, have you seen teeth anywhere? And they straight up just laughed at him. Oh, of course, yeah. The weekend. They were just looking at him like, who are you? Why are you losing your teeth? That's hilarious. <laughs> Later that day, they caught a flounder with a gorgeous smile. Oh, man. <laughs> and so this was right before your wedding? Yes, it was two months before our wedding. And do, did he manage to get replacements in time? He did, but he did have to do a whole job interview with them. Oh, <laughs> got a good story behind yep. it, though. Oh, that's funny. He's a hockey player. Yeah. They tend yeah. to lose teeth. That is funny. All right, thanks, Rebecca. I appreciate it. My dad uh, lost his front te- tooth right before my wedding. Oh, no. And was there at our <laughs> wedding with that big old hole in his mouth. It was hilarious. Well, that's for the straw. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah, yeah. right? Uh, so, by the way, uh, going back to the uh, the Jersey Shore and the cleanup, this report just came out of what they found. I know it's a little early to be talking about beach season, but uh, fewer face masks were found in the fall as compared to the spring. That was a disaster. The face mask thing was just crazy. People just, I mean, you remember for, at the beginning of all that oh, stuff that you could see the littering lots. parking lots and everything? It's like, come on, that's where you throw your tampons. But they found over 3,600 discarded masks. Uh, they were either left behind or washed up on the sand. How many of those were fencing masks? Mm, uh, that's a good question. Yeah. Like that full head <laughs> helmet and mask. <laughs> a little beach fencing is always fun. 
Uh, clean ocean actions data helped make the case for New Jersey's pending ban on most plastic bags and foam packaging at retail outlets beginning in early May, which is one of the toughest laws in the nation. Uh, so they think it's uh, you know important so we can maybe help put a... Uh, a damper on some of the uh, the beach litter. I have to ask you a quick question, Kathy, since we're talking about the Jersey Shore. Um, where are the Great Whites uh, right now? Oh, oh yeah, oh, you follow those. Yeah, yeah, I'll find. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Keep going. Yeah, Kathy's got a tracking <laughs> app. Uh, several items showed decreases over the time period, which that, is that's good. good news. Uh, so discarded diapers were down 41%. percent right. right. They only found 150 of those. Excellent. Uh, total glass items were down 39%. That's good, too. Uh, they only found 14,697 of those. Uh, six-pack rings. Oh, uh, oh those, I thought those were... Well, I, they still, yeah, they still make them. They still yeah. make them, yeah. Because the whole thing is that they'll 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 choke birds and they'll, yeah. I mean, they, they, that's one of the main culprits of effing up the environment. Those are down twenty seven percent. Right, you know, Steve. They there's found... actually new types of six pack rings where it's not a, a, a ring, but um, kind of like this lid that goes yep. over the can. Yep. And I had wondered why they were using those. Are mainly for four packs, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mainly see those like uh, smaller brew pubs. Yeah. But I was wondering why use that. But maybe it has to do with that. I might environmental issue with uh, animals. I hope. Yeah. Whatever. I don't know. Okay. A shark update. Uh, oh, shark update. They're basically uh, North Carolina and South, all the way down to uh, Florida. Okay. Like not not warm enough here yet for no, them to travel. No. They're, uh, they're really. Break. They're really nowhere near us right now. All right, excellent. Hang on, I'm going to go to uh, Kara real quick. Hi, Kara, good morning. Hi, it's actually Karen. Oh, hi, Karen, what's up? Um, The girl who called in earlier whose husband um, lost her, his enters. Yes. Yeah, they might be sitting in the bar in my beach house. (laughs) At your beach house. What beach? I think it was Stone Harbor. It was either Stone Harbor or Wildwood, because they're the only two beaches I go to. Okay. And I'm sitting here with my husband, because he's a weirdo. <laughs> and he's like, he comes up to me, and he's like tossing them at me. I'm like, what the frick is that? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, my, my son goes, are they real? I'm like, these are real. I'm like, these are real. So Karen, like, <laughs> Karen, were they, so she, she said they were the two front teeth. Is that what you have? No, I have like a whole set. Oh, oh right. okay. That may not be it right. then. Like a whole That's set. A oh, okay. Yeah. All right, and and where where are they sitting now, Karen? On the bar in my beach house. <laughs> it's like a modern day Cinderella. Yeah. It's disgusting. You just need to be cleaning. I gotta push it away with. The, I'm like, hey, I'm not touching these. <laughs> <laughs> I wash them. I said, you can't fucking sandblast them. I'm not touching them, babe. Yeah, I don't think that Kathy you wouldn't like that playing with no. someone else's dentures. Uh, That's disgusting, like, Karen. All right, thank you. Bar. All right, uh, real quick, and we have to keep this break short because we need to stay on time uh, for our uh, money yeah, hey. uh, money contest and also Mr. Ken Burns. So just a couple other uh, quick things. So condoms were down 27%. I've, I've found okay. 27% fewer rubbers. I found, I've found a condom. I didn't explore it deeply to determine whether it was used or not, but I assumed it was. I, told you, I found one at, at uh, Valley Forge National oh, Park that's right. a couple weeks ago. Uh, we've gotten a few texts from people who work along the Delaware River, and apparently in the Delaware, the condoms are known as Delaware whitefish. Yeah. <laughs> same same thing up in New York. Okay. Along Fire Island, the, 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 uh, the whitefish. All right, so down 27%. They only found 368 of those, and the Jersey Beach Whistles, uh, the uh, tampon applicators, were down 18%. Uh, other strange things, and we got to take a break. They found a bowling ball. Wow. Uh, they found a rainbow-striped women's bathing suit, uh, a highway traffic cone, part of a car windshield, 
uh, a check for one dollar. <laughs> check. Let me write you a check for that. <laughs> they found an accordion and a harmonica. Wow. And a CD holder filled with albums by Limp Biscuit. Oh, well, so yeah. those that's are appropriate. The yeah. Stranger things that were found. You should cut that adrift at the Jersey Shore this year. So interesting. Well, thank you for your phone calls. And I'm sorry to keep this short, but we want to try to stay on time so that we can do the bizarre file, then come back. And then do the MMR concert cash and then go straight into our friend, Mr. Ken Burns. Come on. We can do it. Special about Ben Franklin that's coming out uh, today, by the way, on PBS. So we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll get your Bizarre File story. So stay with us. Returning shortly. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Listen on our mobile app or go to WMMR.com. HD. It ain't just for your TV anymore. Use your HD radio to hear the best-sounding MMR there is. Plus, enjoy MMR HD 2, the MM Archives channel. Everything that rocks never sounded so good. Now back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Bizarre. WMMR presents Bizarre. Preston and Steve's Bizarre Final. Friday by Natural Lawn of America's safer for your lawn kids and pets. You can schedule their full service program and get free seeding every year. Call 800 Free Seed Natural Lawn of America. <clears throat> Excuse me, greener grass, fewer weeds guaranteed. So, a German man allegedly got the COVID 19 vaccine not once, twice, or even three times. He got it at least. 87 times. 87 times. The man allegedly carried out his shot campaign in Saxony for anti-vaxxers who didn't want to get the shot themselves, paying the man to get it on their behalf. And according to police, the man went to three different vaccination clinics a day and presented his name and birthday, but not his health insurance card, which could have alerted the authorities sooner. 87 times. The scheme was busted after an employee at a vaccination clinic In Dresden, recognized the man. He was arrested and charged by the German Red Cross for selling the vaccinated records, prompting calls for a national vaccine database. But 87 times. I have no idea what the medical ramifications of something like that might be. I'm sure it's wonderful. 87 times he just breathes on you and you're vaccinated. Right. Two people were rushed to the hospital after being struck by lightning Saturday while leaving a New York Yankees spring training game in Florida. Jeez. A man in his 60s and a woman in her 20s were struck in the parking lot of Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. Uh, they were taken to a hospital and were stable. No other details were released. Uh, the Tampa Bay area was under a slight risk of severe weather on Saturday. Possible tornadoes, strong winds. And hail were forecast. <laughs> and the odds of being struck by lightning in a given year are about one and a half million. What are the odds, though, that you're outside a Yankee game? Uh, it's considerably <laughs> larger. So Florida is considered the nation's lightning capital, Jeez. by the way. Yeah. With more than 2,000 lightning injuries over the past 50 years. A 27-year-old man is accused of stealing from a, from a business and assaulting an employee with a solid chocolate bunny. Uh, the officers were called after the man stole merchandise at a business. An employee who confronted the shoplifter was hit <laughs> with a Mr. Solid brand chocolate bunny. Mr. Solid, that's probably pretty solid. Uh-huh, yep. When the name is Mr. Solid, yep. that's the name. That name again, Mr. Solid. solid. But you definitely know you're not going to get one of those hollow ears when no. you break it off. It's completely solid. The employee suffered minor injuries. 
The accused shoplifter ran away but was uh, found and arrested nearby while still in possession of stolen merchandise. Uh, the man was released from custody and will appear in court on charges of assault and theft under $500. Here's a strange story that took place in Springfield, Missouri. A group of individuals dressed as Beaker from the Muppets <laughs> surrounded an Uber driver. It was around 8 p.m. Uber driver Jeff Denton was taking a break from driving when he decided to pull over in a parking lot. He said, I pulled into a dark parking lot and was attacked by a bunch of beakers. Uh, he was laughing as he was saying that. He said, my thoughts were, oh, man, I have to get this on video. Denton recorded six to eight beakers meeping at him on the video. He said they ran off into the shadows to terrorize someone else. Uh, Denton was asked what happened after he had stopped recording. He posted the video to Facebook shortly after, but he said they were just meeping over and over. So that beaker... <laughs> Meep, 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 over and over. So. Is this Beaker? Oh, he's in part of this. Yes, that's right. <clears throat> but no one was hurt. That's him. So, no MO? I mean, no uh, no reasoning behind this assault? It was on April 1st, oh, so well, it may have been an April Fool's Day prank of some sort. But they had these really cool-looking big Beaker masks. Uh, and he believes it was the work of the Springfield Improv Group. Oh, all right. As they were heading out as wasn't a drive-by or anything. Uh, this was just another day for Woodenville resident Alan Cruz when he stepped outside to collect his mail. Uh, Cruz said that he was about ten feet away from his front door when a dark blob appeared in his peripheral vision. Oh no! A black bear had emerged from behind some bushes. He said and looked hungry. Porch pirate. He said, I could feel it staring at me from afar. Did you order from Harry and David come? Uh, before I noticed it was there, he said uh, that Omaha bear steaks? must have come out of hibernation recently because it was skinny and clearly searching for food. We made eye contact for about... Salmon of the Month Club? He said we made eye contact for about 30 seconds. Mm. Uh, to fend for himself, Cruz grabbed the closest weapon he could, and it was an electric scooter. He said, my eldest son came home late last night and parked the scooter in the lawn. I didn't even know it was there until I was surveying the yard in search of something to defend myself. As the bear approached, Cruz was swinging the 30-pound scooter around his head. <laughs> At a bear. And shouted loud enough for the entire neighborhood to hear it. He said, uh, while his technique was unorthodox, he said it was ultimately successful because the bear took off in the opposite direction. Bad news, I have a solid chocolate bunny. Uh, looking back, he said it would probably have been safer to run inside and wait for the bear to go away. <laughs> than to take him on, yeah. Regardless, Cruz was happy to escape the situation unharmed. And there you go. That's what I have in the bizarre file for you. All right, stay with us. We're going to break. We're going to come back. No song. We're coming back right after the commercials. Your first chance to win with MMR's concert cash. Yeah. $500 and MMR uh, MMRBQ tickets. And then we're going to talk to our friend Ken Burns. So that's up next. Not far away. Stay close. The MMR. Join Pierre Rivera as he broadcasts live on Wednesday from 10.30 to 3 at the Xfinity Store in the Northeast Shopping Center at 9171 Roosevelt Boulevard in Northeast Philly in recognition of Comcast's incredible donation to Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger. So our next guest is always a joy to have on. He's just the nicest guy in the world and one of the most talented guys. Oh, love his stuff. Especially when it comes to documentaries. And uh, we are happy that the subject happens to be one so near and dear to this city, our most famous, res most famous resident ever. 
Mr. Benjamin Franklin is the source of this. So uh, it premieres tonight, and it is also on tomorrow, 8 p.m. on PBS. It is a four-hour documentary. Please welcome Mr. Ken Bird. Yeah. Hey. Morning, morning, morning. How you guys doing? It's been a while. It has. It is good to see you as well. We're doing this via Zoom, but uh, but thanks so much for joining us again, Ken. It's always great to have you on. It's always great to be on. Thank you. Yeah, now we got one really super close to home, don't we? Wow. It, yeah. It's, and Preston said, so, you know, a near and dear, and obviously we, there's so much. It, you can't go anywhere in this city and not see. Obviously, this holds true for the country and for history, but in particular here, we almost feel like he's a he's a living uh, resident. You, you, you know, he's always around you in mm. one form or another. Yeah, that's that's the key thing about Franklin. You hit the nail on the head. You know, he's accessible. He's not like... Uh, the other founding fathers, a kind of marble statuary that seemed fixed in their time. He's very accessible to us. He's a great writer, so he communicates that way. He's our original humorist. You know, there's so many things in our lives in which he's had an impact. Um, and he's the most important person in my mind, at least equal to George Washington, for our independence. And without his diplomacy, the greatest diplomat in American history, without his editing of the Declaration, without his forging of the compromises that created the Constitution, we don't have a country. And he's he's fluid. He's always trying to self-improve. He's always trying to get better. He, For a while, when he was a wealthy man and retired, he held some enslaved people as household uh, servants and you know they by the end of his life he's leading an abolitionist society and proposing the abolition of slavery you know decades before most of the abolition movement got started in the 19th century and he's funny you know he's oh. good and he's generous like he's on the hundred dollar bill everybody wants more <laughs> Benjamin right? we're missing yeah we're missing half of the equation because he bound it back to civic improvement. The why Franklin's on everything here is because he was interested in making the community better. Let's remember he was born in the Massachusetts Bay Colony as a little kid broke out of an indentured servitude to come here to, to Philadelphia and died in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Yeah. He was as much interested in what we do together, the good we do together, as he did for uh, improving himself financially. I mean, all of his inventions, the lightning rod, the stove, the bifold, all of that are held without patent. He would have been a hundred times richer, but he understood that these were good for everybody. So he's the embodiment of the whole tension between what I want, personal freedom, and what we need, collective freedom. And he knew how to parse that. And that's why he's so great. And that's why he lives today. You know, it's interesting, uh, Candace, that you... We're so, I think, in general, bereft of the belief that the people that we entrust are, whether they be the political elite or the people that we elect, that they, they have, you know, our best intentions at heart. That, that's a motivation. But you look at Ben Franklin and you look at, you said, you just reeled off a list of things that, that really does seem to be about someone looking to intercede on, you know, on behalf of the people. That's right. And, That's and right. a guy who is resolute in evolving himself, who could realize his own foibles and what he needed to improve upon. That's exactly right. And so, you know, the problem today is not that the people aren't there that want to serve, is that we live in a binary media culture, computer culture. Everything's a one or a zero. Exactly. You know, you know for us, life is melodrama. Every villain is perfectly villainous. Every hero is perfectly uh, virtuous until we discover that they've got a flaw and then we throw them out, right? 
it doesn't matter left, right, center. That's what happens. But what Franklin understood is that, you know, this is a tragedy. You know, people are complicated. He had, you know, he, he had strained relations in his family in lots of different ways. His son was the royal governor of New Jersey, stayed a loyalist, you know, was imprisoned during the revolution, got out, presumed he'd go to London. Instead, he stayed to start a terrorist organization killing patriots. Not that there weren't patriot organizations killing loyalists. Right. It was a big mess. But, you know, they never reconciled. He stayed away from his wife, Deborah, who stayed back and ran the family businesses for 15 out of the last 17 years. He knew that she had had a stroke, was dying, and wow. he wasn't there for her death. So, yeah, he's he's complicated, but he has this desire to improve himself. And he makes all these lists of virtues that he tries to do. And and yet he's, you know, he's he's human like you and me, so he's recognizable. And I think our problem today is that we just, we it's, a, it's an on-off switch and life isn't about that. You can't be married, you can't have kids, you can't be a friend without understanding you're gonna tolerate somebody else with flaws and that they themselves are tolerating your flaws. Well, it's often been said that you're, you're, you know, you're more interested in the imperfections. I think the imperfections are what makes someone human. I also think something that you've employed constantly throughout your years as as a documentarian is the ability to judge people in their time to realize that, that, you know, some it's eventually there might be a finger pointing at you for what you, for what you're not doing quite right. That might not be suitable as things move along. So realize that people in their time, uh, and, and I think Ben Franklin's one of the prime examples of somebody. He's exactly that. He's exactly this. that. But he's speaking to us from that time and said, look, I could look at the limitations of the rest of the people around me of my time. I mean, Jefferson writes the declaration that all men are created equal. You know, he wrote, here's the good part. He writes, we hold these truths to be sacred and undeniable. Sends the first draft to Franklin. He goes, this is beautiful, Tom, beautiful, but let's make these truths self-evident. Uh, We're in the age of enlightenment, right? right. Just like the sun comes up in the east and sets in the west. Let's make it self-evident. Let's not tie it to religion anymore. Let's just make it, this is scientific. This is the rights of human beings, you know? And so he you know, Jefferson never saw the hypocrisy or the contradiction. I made a film on him about owning slaves, but Franklin did. And he worked on that. And so he was able to transcend it. You know, in his will, he left some money uh, for for kids in his native Boston and in Philadelphia uh, to to go into the trades. And I, I talked to some folks from the Boston School, the Franklin Institute, and they were all, you know, young first generation immigrants or um uh you know, lower uh, middle class folks that are striving to go to college for the first time. They were so filled with that energy that Franklin wanted Americans to have. It was just so beautiful that this gesture that this guy dying in 1790 makes that today in 2022, there are people benefiting, not just what we read about, not just the documentaries that we watch, but are benefiting from this endowment to say, you matter. If you work hard, you can go someplace and there ought to be a place. It happens to be the United States of America doesn't always work well, where if you apply yourself, we ought to be able to help you get along. And it isn't, you know, it isn't just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That's what the people think about Franklin, who loved the hundred dollar bill. That's why he's on the biggest denomination in general circulation. But they miss that other point that we are required to help each other. You know, Orwell makes a point in 1984 of talking about the um, a world that's just a constant present. There's no there's no past. There's no there's nothing to learn from. And 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 uh, and here is a case where 
if you go back and visit, you know, what what you might think of someone. I love taking a dive into someone's best. And you've been the vessel for it, helping me do this, and all of us do this over the years. The things that you learn, and, and the more someone becomes a well-rounded, positive, negative kind of person, the more you can appreciate what they did. You, you'd mentioned Franklin's rules to live by, and you mentioned, you know, how he could have been... Uh, you know, fabulously wealthy if he had patented some of these inventions. One of his rules is be extremely frugal. What was the right. one thing that Franklin couldn't be frugal about that just loved too much to, you know, to well, not be a little well, audacious? Well, you know, what's so funny is John Adams arrives a little bit late in Paris. Franklin's been there for a while negotiating with the French, and he knows how to handle the French. Adams has studied French language by reading, by, by memorizing funeral orations. Franklin's <laughs> learning to perfect his friends by writing love letters to the ladies. Mm. So I think he just found in the high society of Paris just a way in which, oops, a lot of those aphorisms, a lot of those things that he had said, you know, early to bed, you know, and, and, and Adams goes there and he goes, hey, where's poor Richard? Where's early to bed and early to rise? <laughs> But but to, to Adam's great shock, Franklin had already negotiated two treaties. And just think about it. Washington had a big task not to lose a battle. Yeah, he wins at Trenton, but that's a surprise thing, and it's not this big of a deal. There is a victory at Saratoga, which allows Franklin to convince the, uh, the French that we're a viable, that we can win this thing. But when Cornwallis sur- uh, surrenders at Yorktown in 1781... Washington is there with about 9,000 Continental soldiers that are equipped and uniformed by the French. Thank you, Benjamin Franklin. Next to him are nearly the same amount of French soldiers. Thank you, Benjamin Franklin. And oh, by the way, Cornwallis can't escape and has to surrender because out in the harbor is a French fleet blocking the British retreat back to New York. Thank you, Dr. Franklin. So. All of this, you know, know him, know us is what I like to say. It's amazing. You know what, uh, Ken, we had, uh, Steve and I had received an award from uh, uh, the, the Masons here in Philadelphia, and we got invited to the Masonic <clears throat> Temple for a ceremony and, a, and an evening. And that place is just dripping with Ben Franklin. Of I mean, I, it was amazing to see his likeness all over the place. And it was at that point, I obviously, I knew the legend of Ben, and I know the thumbnails version of his history, but how many things he had his hands in and yes. what and how he could uh how, how did he have enough time yes, yes. So, so to, to do he's, that he's so here's the key to him i think um and you'll see it in the film so his parents want him to go on a harvard tenure you know track uh, education but they can only afford a couple years elementary school early so he has two years of schooling so as um the writer hw brand says in our film he didn't know what he didn't have to know because school teaches you what you need to know but also what you don't need to know right right so he he figures out he has to learn everything so he's omnivorous he reads all the time he does all that when he gets to philadelphia and he's a printer and he's beginning to make it in the world he collects like-minded tradesmen the leather apron club it was called the junto meaning to join together and what comes out of this and his other civic stuff the free library of philadelphia the university of pennsylvania hospitals police forces volunteer fire departments uh, ideas on how to pave roads ideas on how to maintain street lights all of this stuff that is promoting a civic good at the same time he's improving himself and our problem today is that we're all independent free agents and it's just get what i can and i don't have to care about the other and this is not a left or right problem this is an american problem franklin points us the way to a kind of optimistic 
as you were saying, present where you're filled with the past. A lot of people say history repeats itself. It never does. Mark Twain, who was the second humorist after, you know, Franklin. Franklin said, fish and visitors stink after three days. <laughs> three right. people can keep uh-huh. a secret if two of them are dead. Right. You know, this is, this <laughs> is good like, stuff. This is great. He understands um, that human nature doesn't change. And so you're always up against the foibles of human nature, even when he is given the great honor of proposing the adoption of the Constitution in 1787 in Philadelphia. He says, look, when you assemble all these people with all their wisdom, you also gather their prejudices. And so you're not going to make a perfect document, and they don't. In order to keep the southern states in so that we're not warring, you know, states on the East Coast, they permit them to count their slaves as three-fifths of a person. It's a horrible compromise, but there wouldn't have been a United States without it. Can, and you uh, can Monday morning quarterback it, and it's going to set in motion the Civil War, the worst event in American history, and Franklin knew it. But within a few months of his government getting started, the government that he helped forge, he sends in a resolution um, uh, suggesting that they outlaw slavery. Wow. Right. Great. Wow. When wow. you when you think about Ben Franklin, um, you, the two cities that come to mind are, are Boston and Philadelphia. And I want to know, Ken, why you think uh, Philadelphia is the better of those two cities. <laughs> oh, well, it's much better. Uh, you know, I tell you, so he grows up in Puritan Boston, right? The Cotton, the Ma- Cotton Mather and the Mather family are the sort of the religious stuff and he's he's his family is um as i said kind of lower middle class they're candle makers they can't even afford to send him to school he apprentices indentured servant to his older brother james's print shop thank god for us and as a teenager he's learning to set type upside down and backwards he becomes hyper literate he's He's uh, submitting anonymous letters from an old widow that are hilarious and they're hugely popular and the paper takes off. And when his brother finds out about it, he gets jealous. So, you know, the things are good. He, he, he runs away. He is a runaway and comes to Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, founded by Quakers, a little bit more tolerant, a little bit more aware of Native uh, uh, interests. All the, these different cultures and religions are there. And he really imbibes it. You know, it's, it's, and he manifested. In fact, at his funeral, the largest gathering of people in the history of Philadelphia at, to that point came together. And at the head were all the religious leaders of all the mm. denominations of all the religions present in Philadelphia, Muslim, Catholic, Jewish, Protest, all the various Protestant sects. And it's, it's, it's a testament to the fact that he understood that at the heart of all religions is the idea that I need to do better for my fellow citizens. So, Ken, we've heard I've heard him mentioned occasionally as the Amer- the closest that America will come to a Da Vinci to to someone who is that that you know that 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 um, I mean, as you said, he uh, just on a scientific level, he yeah, let's go. You, go ahead. You, you- so, you know, my first, it's so funny that you said that. I, I, I'm friends with Walter Isaacson, who wrote a wonderful biography of Ben, and, and, and he's in our film, along with lots of other people who've written biographies of him and scholars about him and stuff like that. But Walter also wrote a, a, a wonderful biography of Leonardo da Vinci. And so we're actually in the early stages of producing our first non-American topic on Leonardo. But let's go back and examine. Your question is so to the point. The thing that people don't remember is that when he becomes 
a revolutionary. He's 69 years old. He's got 15 years to go on this unbelievable life that spans most of the 18th century. Born in 1706, dies in 1790. This is an amazing, amazing life. Born, by the way, on the same day as Muhammad Ali, my last film. Mm -hmm. He may be the most amazing personality of the 20th century. Ben Franklin is without a doubt the most amazing American personality of the 18th century. But he is, he retires because he's made enough money enough money. He could be fabulously wealthy with the patents, but he's not. And to invent. And in his work with electricity, it's as important as Isaac Newton. I mean, he, if there were Nobel Prizes back then, he would have had it. He was the most famous American in the world, which is why we sent him to France, because the only person anybody on earth could name who came from America was Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> and let's just think about it. We just get distracted by the kite experiment. We think the lightning has to strike the kite. It doesn't. It, it, he is proving principles that he got it was parlor tricks about kissing people with static electricity but now let's think about the names that we i'm, I'm sure you're not an electrical engineer i'm not right. but if i said to you positive and negative charge battery and conductor those five very easy to understand terms borrowed from other parts of our language battery is a military term these are all coined by franklin hmm. so that the world not just the scientific community but everyone could begin to have a relationship with this mysterious force called electricity he is when he get, arrives in france he's a cult hero and what's he promoting with his little printing press <laughs> Democracy right. for the for these people who are subjects to King Louis the Sixteenth. It's just you can't make this stuff up, and why it's so much better, I think, than fiction. If you're just tuning in, it's Ken Burns, uh, who is uh, his special uh, four hour documentary Benjamin Franklin premieres tonight and tomorrow, eight p.m. on PBS. Can and you, you mentioned- know stream it? You can stream it. By the way, once it goes out, it's, okay. it's available for free on all the PBS platforms. So Excellent. look at it when you want. Uh, you mentioned uh, the kite, the uh, the lightning strike, and and. There are myths that yes. surround sure. uh, yeah. uh, the the amazing uh, individual that was known as Benjamin Franklin. Um, it, is that touched on in this stuff, or is that yeah. okay? Yeah, yeah. I think this is you know myths are like barnacles that attach themselves to the hull of the ship and impede the smooth sailing. Mm. Right? Yeah. It's just you know Washington wooden teeth, no <laughs> porcelain, never told a lie. Everybody lies. Threw a coin across the Potomac too wide. You know, I mean, <laughs> the Dodgers would hire him. But I, I have it on good authority that Kim Jong Un has never gone to the bathroom. So uh, well, yeah. that, that could that could right. Be so right, I believe right. that That's, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he, he looks a little constipated, doesn't he? <laughs> Let me ask you again because you're. you're you're uh, obviously now, uh, now uh, he's redirected the missiles. To <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They're coming right at us. Um, in the world of documentarians, is there a documentarian that you could see you turning your talents on who represents a, uh, a story worth telling? Because I, I, what a wonderful question. What are you thinking about? I, you know, there, I don't know. You know, there's a great series that Seth Meyers does. It's a comedic take on some of the great documentaries like Nanook of the North and other the yes. classics. And, and you know, I was wondering through your particular prism, is there anyone that jumps out at you that you yeah. think... You, you know what, a- it's a... It's a little bit biased. Nanook of the North is is um, interesting and now deeply yeah. flawed because the anthropology of it, there are too yeah. many scenes set up. But it's Robert Flaherty who's considered the first American documentary uh, guy. And and some of them are, 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 are terrific uh, films. 
I've got a friend, so this is completely biased, uh, who's uh, mainly known for his um, feature films, the German director, uh, Werner Herzog. Oh, he's And we've been friends for 30 years, and he and I are the oddest couple on earth, you know? (laughs) I mean, we've been friends, and our films couldn't be more different. But I I adore him. He's he's amazing. I just finished another film that'll be out in the fall in the U.S. and the Holocaust. And just by the way, whenever you want a really scary Nazi voice, I always go to Werner. I need your best Gestapo voice. <laughs> this quote by Goering is so bad that you just have to drip it with evil. Okay. You know, and then at one point he turns to me and says, he says, I am interested in, in a static truth. And my friend Ken here is interested in an emotional truth. You know, and it's like, That's- he goes on and on. I, I'd like to just find, go to the depths of Werner's ecstatic truths. And he's done, he's done lots of documentaries lately. In fact, more documentaries recently than, than, than feature films. And um, I adore him. He's great. He's but brilliant. I'm yeah. totally biased. Yeah. Ken, I, I had dinner with my parents on Friday night and I told them that you were going to be on the show this morning. And uh, so my dad's first question, because we all watched uh, baseball together when we were growing up. And, and so and it's just such a wonderful uh, tribute to the to the history of the sport and the current sport uh, and what it's become. But my dad wanted me to ask you, Ken Burns, uh, are the Phillies going to win the NL East this year? <laughs> <laughs> she is so funny. You know, I live uh, within the radiational gravitational pull of Boston because it, it isn't the Boston Red Sox. It's the New England Red Sox. <laughs> so we've been I've been up here for 43 years and or more. I've been up for more than 50 years. And if it includes some time in Massachusetts. So I've got that. That disease, and whenever I'm asked, I always say, "Oh, the, the Red Sox are going to win this year," <laughs> and I can't concentrate on anyone else because I'm trying to hold up that, you know, house of cards. Although we have won four World Championships I know. I know. this millennium, which you know, like the last century, they 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 did four, and then suddenly couldn't kind of connect for. I think it's I think it's 86 years. Anyway, yeah, just a brief pause. Right? Yeah, yeah, just a just a slight little hiccup. Right? Season starts soon. We'll see what happens. Well, then, uh, Ken, it's uh, it's always such a treat to talk to you. Thank you so much. And we're really excited about the fact yeah, that I you're focusing you in on Ben. It. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can't wait for you to see it. I think he's – you'll just feel like, oh, I know this guy. He's yeah. real, you know? The yeah. past the past is not past, uh, Faulkner says. It, it's now. And you just sort of feel like, oh, if you if you get at the, the, the good and the bad of somebody, they feel like somebody you know. And I, I made that mistake. I was talking to a reporter, and I said, you know, um, I've known him now for like five years. And she said, know him? And I said, oops, oh, right, you know. But I do, and I hope you know him too at the end of this uh, two-parter. We're Excellent. looking forward to it. Premieres today, and we'll be streaming everywhere that uh, PBS has uh, stuff available. So, excellent. Ken, thank you so much. Have a great one. We'll talk to you soon, okay? I look forward to that. Thank you, guys. Have you a got good it. one. Ken Burns, yeah. guys. Something else. Man, I Just love great. talking Just to great. Him. Yep. Yeah. He, he, does his, uh, he does his research. He gets on board with things that, things that he's absolutely passionate about. Preston, imagine if most of your history teachers throughout school were like Ken Burns. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'd actually... Yeah. You would have dialed in I'd a little listen, bit, right? Yeah. You know? And, and I wish I would have. You know, I, I, I look at some of the things. I remember when my kids uh, were entered into to middle school and I was helping them with their homework and and uh, I started reading it. And I'm like, you know what? Now I finally find Mesopotamia fascinating. <laughs> yeah. When I was that age, I you could have, you know, I would have rather been punched in the face than read about this stuff. And now I actually care, uh, care about it. Yeah. So, uh, But when you do get a great teacher, when you get somebody who can explain things or a documentarian or somebody who's who's presenting this information and they do it in an entertaining way, it, it, it sets. It's really 
really cool that that happens. Um, so with that, we have a little bit of time. We're going to talk to uh, Kevin Bacon, his brother Michael, in a little bit. We've got the Bacon brothers come up. They're going to be... Uh, or more musical bacon, but we have a uh, we have a couple of minutes to play with. Uh, Casey was delighted uh, at this little thing he was going to do yesterday. Right, not looking forward to going to. Right, and you ended up having a great time. Of course, I did. I went to New York City. <laughs> But no, it was on. Uh, it was on Friday. I'm like, "What are you doing this weekend?" Ah, I gotta go. I'm going to a Broadway show. I was like, "Wow, Broadway show!" Yeah, he's like, "Yeah, man, it's on Sunday. It's a matinee, and I, I don't. It's, it's the music, man, and I don't really. Uh, you, you seemed like you did, just didn't want to go. The well, so here's the deal. Like, it was supposed to be my entire family. So right. the the it, this was a Christmas gift two years ago, and we were supposed to go in April of 2020. And well, well, what happened to delay? <laughs> yeah, there was just this crazy. Uh, series of events that uh, caused everything to move back by two years. And so what was supposed to be me, my wife, and my three children ended up not being that uh, because my daughter was in a play last week and the cast party was yesterday. Right. She had worked for months and months on this thing and did not want to miss the cast party. So uh, we allowed her to do that. And then uh, my son plays rugby and he was um, awarded... So they, they broke the rugby team into two teams, uh, you know, uh, Crimson. What, uh, he couldn't attend. Doesn't matter. Long yeah. story short, he made the he right. made uh, the A team, and they had a game yesterday. And so he went to that game. And my wife, because rugby can be a, a tough sport, didn't want him to be there without uh, a parent. So she ended up going there. So it, Everyone had good excuses. Everybody had great excuses. But you're excuses. left high and dry. Well, not, not high and dry, but it was, it was supposed yeah. to be this family thing, and it ended up not being uh, that. But I ended up taking my daughter, a friend of hers, and then, then Chuck and Leanne D'Amico ended up going with us. And just getting into New York City can be kind of a hassle. So. Oh, it's always wonderful. Yeah, well. It's always a joy. Well, I decided sort of last-ish minute to... Uh, Take the train? Take the train. All right. Drove. I picked uh, Chuck and Leanne up in, in New Jersey, and then we drove to Hamilton, and we took the New Jersey Transit. Okay. <laughs> and it started off in great form there, Preston, because as I'm buying my train tickets, five train, five round-trip train tickets uh, to Penn Station, I ended up buying round-trip tickets to Penn Station in Newark. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Well, you could just walk from there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just walk from Newark, New Jersey. First of all, don't have two Penn stations I would agree that with begins you with N-E-W. Oh, that Washington Monument. Yeah, I would yeah, you know, yeah. I would so it was Newark, Penn Station, and then there's a New York Penn Station. I order it. It's insipid. I, 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 I pay for it. The, the tickets come out, and it's, it's not until yeah. I'm looking at it where it says NWK. It doesn't even, on the ticket, right. doesn't say Newark. NWK could be New York. Yeah, yeah. It was not. I, I, I found out my my issue, but as it turns out, I'm not the only one who makes that mistake. Right. So, so uh, they could fix it. For it you. They could fix it for right. us, and they did fix it for right. us. We get to uh, Penn Station. Right. We're about a mile away from the uh, um, theater. theater. From the theater. And by the way, Hugh Jackman is the music man. All right. So that was like the big thing. Is Hugh Jackman? This dude is just. Like, it's the big sell. He is a super talented. He's a, a the, like a theater dynamo. It's it's unfair uh, how. Awesome he is. He's right. just, you know, super handsome, super fit, super talented. and Very nice. Very nice guy, like, yep. on top of it all. Yep. But, like, so he's such this big name that I'm not even paying attention 
to the other Take star his of this pants off. the other star of the show who is uh, her name is Sutton Foster. Would we and, know her from anything? Well, she's a two-time Tony Award winner. Okay. Uh, she has been in a ton of different shows. She right. won a Tony for uh, I think Anything Goes and another show. She played Fiona uh in Shrek the Musical. She's okay. been in everything. So I I am completely unaware of of who and what I am about to witness. She was awesome as well. So this is a matinee performance. It's a matinee performance. So it's, it's kind of wild that you're seeing the, the main muckety muck at a matinee. Yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, right. oh, dude, believe me. Yeah. If we would have gotten the understudy, it was supposed to be Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would have been good. I would have been totally fine with Terry. We got trouble right here. <laughs> With a capital P, I'm not good at spelling. But sure, I'm a billiard player. Certainly mighty proud to say I'm always mighty proud to say it. Had you ever seen The Music Man before? <laughs> Never, ever in my life have I seen it all the way through. It's a great movie, and uh, that, that's when I was introduced to it. And um, you hear so many of the songs, and they are some of the catchiest songs I ever I consider that the hours I written. spend with a cue in my I'm hand playing this while you're talking. Yeah. No, you can continue. Yeah. I just, this is going underneath you. <laughs> they're, they're just amazing. It's, a, it's an incredible music. I've never seen it live. Uh, maybe like a high school production or whatever. But I love the movie. And um, so how much of it did you know going in? So I didn't know the story. I didn't know that the music man was a con man. He's a who, con right? man. Who, yep. uh, who ends up in this in River City. <laughs> yep. I have no idea. So I didn't know that. I didn't know that essentially the music man is bad guy. Right? Yeah. Yes. Um, but He's trying uh, to make money. Yep. Yeah. And, and um, But I was surprised with how many songs I did know from the musical i had no so the first song was this really cute song they're singing on the train or whatever but uh then he does trouble in river city i'm like okay i know that song and then he does 76 trombones 76 trombones i'm like okay i know this song this is a good one With all the songs are i know this one Hugh. i stood up i was like i know this one of the finest virtuosos the cream so the musical was written i bet i guess back in 57 is when it debuted on broadway and um you know so all of the music is of a time but man it is really really good then they get to this song, and I was like, I completely forgot that this was the music, man. Now, a woman who kissed on the very first date is yeah. usually a hussy. And a woman who kissed on the second date yeah. yeah. is yeah. buddy hacking, buddy whacking. But a woman who waits till the third time around, head in the clouds, feet on the ground. She's the girl he's glad he's found. She's a shapoopy, shapoopy. And then um, I was surprised with how funny it was. So this uh, uh, Sutton Foster, she has this uh, this this part in um, in the second act. I was like, she was so funny. I was like, and I was just just cracking up, and and I was like, okay, this this is really really well well written. Yeah, that's that's how it becomes an American standard. That, Absolutely, that, I mean, that's, it stood the test of time. That's why every <laughs> high school and junior high will perform it at some time. Then uh, in the second act, Sutton Foster's character couldn't tell you what her name is. Yeah, uh, she's a librarian. She starts Marion. Marion. Okay. Yeah. So she starts singing this song. Marian, the librarian. I don't pay attention to these things. <laughs> uh, she starts singing this song, and I'm like, I know this song, but I don't know it from the music man. I know it from the wedding singer. It's the song that Adam Sandler's character teaches the old lady to sing to her husband yeah. on their anniversary. What I'm song like, is it? How does uh, it go? Till there was you. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're such a fan of musicals. I'm really surprised you didn't know this one ahead of time. Well, I am as well, but like also at the same time, I felt like... Well, I do know this one. Yeah. You know, case. When did they put on their cat costumes? They did not. No, that's, that's a that is a different one. I believe. Cats. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. The title. Yeah. The name. Right. Mm -hmm. the uh, but cat I, man. I um was uh -huh. of course I when the sun lights go down I 
kind of get a little sleepy. So I fell asleep a couple times in the first act. Right. Um, so what, what, what did you wake up to? The, did you wake up to the sound of a vacuum cleaner so in the alley, in the aisle? So you wore a baseball cap and fell asleep in the uh, theater. Yes, I did. Hey, hey, don't go. Time to wake up. Did you ever uh, see Marge versus the Monorail, the Simpsons episode? Where... So my wife was talking about that yeah. last night. That's no. based on the Music Man as well, yeah. yeah. So the, like, the whole Monorail scene and that like yeah, that entire character is based on uh, on the Music Man, on Robert Preston's character. Yeah, I had no idea about that. I just, uh, I, I know that it showed up in the uh, in the Family Guy. And... <laughs> yeah. you, you were saying that you thought that the city itself just, just never looked better, right? Oh, man. Like... It's so gross. And so it's like um, New York City is just a gross city. Like, and and they could say that about any city, but like, I, I don't feel that way when I walk around Philadelphia. Now, listen, it, it is also- had a conga line of of ineptitude there, and it, it, I mean, it, to me, it's, it's kind of looking like. Um, um, like in the Times Square area, it's kind of degenerated. Did you, did you well, go Well, Times down? Square was actually, I, I thought, the nicest part All of right. it, right? So when we got down to, like, Broadway, we, you know, we made our way through Times Square. You know, listen, there's some people that are, like, in these costumes where, you know, oh, you're Minnie Mouse, but I can see your full face. And she's like, do you want a picture? I was like, no, I don't. You're, you're not, not Minnie Mouse. trying. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want a picture with, you yeah. know, with. Knockoff. It's, it's bad now. It's way worse than, than it used to be. Right. Um, but it was wet. And that doesn't help. And so I feel like Manhattan, New York City, like when it's 75 degrees, no humidity and crystal clear blue skies is like the only time that I'm really like, man, this is a great city. You're going to have, as Preston said, there are are parts that are really good. The parts that have gone downhill, though, have gone down a lot. So, uh, you know, but also there's, you know, a lot of what they're doing now is just. They just started opening up stuff. Did you walk around? Did you go to any other places besides uh, well, so the, the, the show? We, we, we grabbed lunch beforehand, but we didn't have a whole lot of time. We did. It was a mile. We got off at Penn Station in New York City. Yeah. Uh, and it was a mile uh, away from the theater. And we walked to and from there. So we walked down 8th Street to right. there and then came back on like Broadway and 7th Street. And so that was fine. It was wild, though, because uh, I don't know how legal marijuana is there i don't know if it's recreational there yet or or not or if it's just medical but steve you could smell it as soon as i mean when we were in the tunnels of penn station right. where you know you can't see anything it's, You're it's smelling just smelling it you could smell it and then you get Up out on the streets as well on the streets they yeah. have winnebago's they yeah. have they have um uh like pot uh, like almost like a hot dog stand, pot stands and stuff like that. I was like, this is this is pretty. Wild. I don't know what their status is. It sounds like they're a little bit more liberal than. It sounds with- very. It looked very recreational. I uh-huh. don't know if you had to hand. Well, maybe cards they, maybe they, the law really involves Winnebago's. Um, but the, I mean, and then I saw at least three people smoking joints or blunts out like they were cigarettes. Well, there's kind of uh, called up the law there. All right, so it's now legal for adults 21 and older to possess up to three ounces of cannabis and up to 24 grams of cannabis for personal use in New York. And by the way, like, I, I you know, I have um, zero opinions on, yeah. you know, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I, I don't smoke pot anymore. Yeah. And so, but, you know, as I'm walking with my 12-year-old daughter down the street and there's, you know, dudes smoking joints and blunts. And says, I read, you know, she says, <laughs> I read. <laughs> By the way, here's a little bit of a Till There Was You. We're going to oh. play the... And, you know, the Beatles had a huge hit with, the, with really? this song. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Here, give me your... Uh... Is this from The Wedding Singer? This is the wedding oh. Singer. <laughs> Here, here's the... Uh... I'll play a little bit of the Beatles version. Hang on a second here. They actually played this... Yeah. You'll know this when you hear it, probably, this version. All things, but they, uh-huh. uh, yeah, and they love the, they love the song. Love music. On a hill, but I never heard them ringing. No, I never heard. 
lot of good stuff that came yeah. yeah. I don't know if I know this version either. You never heard this? Also for music, man, is why don't we do it in the road? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Dude, so at one point, I mean, they had, because the Wells Fargo wagon was a coming, and I know that song. Uh, <laughs> Dude, they had a freaking, like, the most realistic-looking horse and wagon coming across the stage. I was Really? Like, yes. I was. Was it a horse? It, it was not a okay. horse. I mean, I, when when I first saw it, because we were off to the side. It was a cow acting. <laughs> I could see. I could see it on the on the side of the stage. I'm like, okay, here comes the Wells Fargo wagon right. with a horse. And I had to, like, give it, like, a quadruple take. I'm like, that. That's a fake horse, right? I'm like, yeah, no, that's totally fake. Is that fake? <laughs> Casey, at the end, uh, when the cast comes out and they do their bows and everything, yeah. did uh, did Hugh say anything to the audience? So that or... was the coolest part. Is So yesterday um, is was... Hugh Jackman, by the way, if you're just tuning in. Yeah, Hugh Jackman. And uh, so he... There was... The, the, um, it's uh, Broadway recognizes there's like a AIDS awareness and okay and so that was like that's the one day of the year so they started um, he he addressed the whole audience uh, trying to collect money for this charity and then they ended up auctioning off um, uh, the gloves that he and Sutton were wearing uh, to the highest bidder so they did an auction in the audience how much sixteen dollars sixteen thousand dollars in fact it was, it was going back and forth with these people Jesus. and this one guy had bid 16 yeah. and then the lady was like i could do 16 five and then they ended up saying you know what we'll you guys both get it right so they ended up uh because there's two gloves yeah right so they're like we'll we'll each uh, I want the complete set yeah, yeah. i'm suck so for suck it. <laughs> for a while because they started bidding at a thousand and for a second there i'm like i don't want this but i just want to bid just to you bid up it yeah I, but i was like hundred thousand <laughs> no no i was like i was contemplating i don't it. have it i'm so sorry i'm so sorry i was so excited i'm so excited i got carried away i'm sorry you jackman i have wanted to do that on so many occasions but i'm so terrified of getting caught right you'll be the stuck bid. with the bid you'll be the so winning just bid. you know take the bid before you raise it a quarter you'll be safe but when is it when it was at a thousand and twenty five cents when it was at about three thousand dollars i was like i think i might be able to jump up here and, sure. and i'm like but i can't I can't if I get stuck with a four thousand dollar, even though it's tax deductible. Right. I'm like, I'm not the guy. So for I a cruddy glove, yeah, for a right. cruddy glove. But no, it was cool. I enjoyed myself, and we didn't even realize until we were leaving that the Flyers were playing right upstairs as we were. Uh, you oh know, yeah, catching yeah. Our train out. Wait, of it. so it was. Uh, oh, when you were leaving at Penn Station, yeah, yeah, we had no clue. Were you at what? the Jerkmates Theater? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, hang on a second. Do you hear that? Yo, ever heard of Jerkmates? <laughs> um, what theater was it? Do you remember? It's called Winter Garden Theater. It's legendary. They're legendary, but Winter Garden is well, right in, in Madison Square Garden. I'm also so mad because. Um, what I didn't realize is that the diner, that the last time I was in the city, the diner is called Ellen's Stardust Diner. It might be Starlight, but right. uh, it is this amazing place where, I mean, Broadway caliber singers are your wait staff, yeah. essentially. And so as you're, you're, um, you're e- ordering your food or eating your food, like your waiter or waitress will get up on stage and sing a song. And it's just really, really great. But the last time we went... We had to wait in line for an hour, hour and a half to get a table. And when we were walking past it to get to the theater, there was like five people in line. I'm like, this oh, would have wow. been, this been yeah. but we didn't have enough time. Uh, yeah. We didn't have enough time before the show. But if anybody ever goes up there for a Broadway show, uh, 
budget yourself enough time to go to Ellen Starlight Diner. It's okay. awesome. And other than New York City being an absolute cesspool, yeah. you had a great time. I had a great time. Right. I had a really, really wonderful you know, time. A lot of times we talk about this, getting out of your, your head and just be fluid, and sometimes you find out you're going to have a wonderful time. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And when I was coming off of the, the uh, train in Hamilton, there was a couple there that uh, they, they're listeners to the show. I, I, didn't, I didn't get their names, but hi, guys. Yeah. Uh, but they, Preston, went and saw the final showing of uh, Utopia. Of uh, oh, the David Byrne show, the final showing. It was last night, but I, they they may do another run. But last night was the or yesterday afternoon. That's another show that I would love to go. Yeah, to. me too. Mm-hmm. I would like to get that. I just man, I haven't been to New York in a dozen years. Probably so I, I lived there for years. I suppose with formative born. Yeah. I have not been to New York. I'm going to say like 12, 15 years. Yeah. 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 Nick, you were there on Saturday night. I was. Yeah, I haven't been since Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Long time. Uh, Long time. Yeah, I went up and saw a hockey game on Saturday afternoon. I saw Claude Giroux play uh, with the Panthers against the Devils, which was uh, really cool to see. I'd never been to the Devils arena before. It's a really, really nice arena Hmm. um, in, in the heart of Casey, downtown Newark. Yeah. Um, and I've but, been there a couple times, yeah. actually. Uh, but we drove up, although my friend uh, Narayan took the uh, Amtrak train up, which was easy for him because he went to Newark instead of New York, <laughs> got off at the right place. But yeah, I mean, it was a really, it's a really nice venue, a really good, play, uh, good place to see a hockey game. Were, you, were we wrapping up? Yeah, but you can keep yeah, talking. Yeah. I'm sorry. I thought like, you were giving me like the wrap-up sign. I, 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 I missed it. I missed we're we're going to break to stay on time for the Kevin and Michael, the Bacon Brothers. Gotcha. That's a general signal that I use, but I, go ahead. I, I know. I, I just yeah. misunderstood for a second. Yeah. Um, the coolest part, other than the uh, Panthers coming back to win uh, 7-6 in overtime, was that there was an entire section, like 120 people, dressed as referees. And they weren't there to root for the Panthers. They weren't there to root for the Devils. They were there to root for the refs. And any time the refs did anything exciting, what? they cheered. It was the funniest <laughs> thing. Oh, that's it, it was hilarious. hilarious. So is that a standard <laughs> there? Right. It's this thing that's grown over the years. And uh, it started <laughs> off as like 15 or 20 people. And um, it's just gotten bigger and bigger every year. And this year, they do it for charities. They try to pick afternoon games. So it was a 12-30 game. And I want to give a shout-out to a guy named Merg because I, I met a few of these people afterwards. And Merg lives in New York City but podcasts the Preston Steve show. And he's like, are you Nick McElwain from, <laughs> from MMR? And I was just chatting with these guys about why That's they were there. Wild. And so they, they raised money for Ukraine relief this time around, which uh. was really cool. But, like, a massive section of fans just rooting for the refs. That's very funny. It was really fun and really funny. And, and uh, yeah, a cool place to see a hockey game. And that's like, they just do it there? They just do it at the Devils games. They, it's like they the were, Sons of Ben, right? They, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We thought, Steve, it might be like the Sons of Ben every year. or right. every, I'm sorry, for every game. But it was a, a um, just this section for this game. And I guess they do a few afternoon games oh, every year. Oh, that's funny. But it was really funny and really entertaining. And uh, yeah, how, was, how soon before the vendors get a... Uh... Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. The, the mascot for the New Jersey Devils is like a guy dressed up as a devil. And he went up and was partying with them for you know for half of a period as well. So that's great. It was cool to see Jeru. Uh, it was weird to see him in a Panthers uniform, you know. And um, did you get to speak with him at all? I, I, I texted yeah. him ahead of time and said, uh, and he uh, said, "Who's this?" Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, he was like, uh, you know, that's cool, but that. I didn't think we were going to be able to uh, say hi to him because they were kind of in and out just for that game. Right, right, right. All right, well, an exciting weekend for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. up to New York. Uh, we got to take a break. Like I said, uh, playing at the Ardmore Music Hall tomorrow night will be the Bacon Brothers. Kevin and Michael will join us when we return, so make sure you stay with us. Yes, Bacon for all. Podcasts? Oh, yeah. MMR's got them. There's the Fun Size and Bizarre File editions, along with Preston and Steve Full Show Podcasts, plus the MM Archives Podcast and more. Click Podcasts on WMMR.com.
Our next guests have a gig tomorrow night at Ardmore Music Hall. The show starts at 7.30, and tickets are uh, information available at Ardmore Music Hall. Dot com and I understand they were just kicking around the set list as we were getting ready to uh, interesting bring them on for this yes. interview. Yes, so uh, we're excited to have them both on. Both uh, Kevin and Michael Bacon, the Bacon Brothers, <laughs> are with us this morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Morning. Uh, yeah. So uh, I, Marissa said she caught a little uh, earful there as you guys were getting ready that you were uh, going over set lists and and getting yourselves all prepped. Uh, you like to, I, I assume that means you like to change it up uh, per show, right, Michael? Is that uh, something, kind of see what the flow is going to be like? Not according to me. Um, <laughs> my brother is trying to change everything up after we got it all set. But, uh, <laughs> Pain in the ass, little brother. <laughs> I can be flexible. I can be flexible. I mean, this, this show is just so good that we're really worried that we're going to overexcite the audience that so we might want to... <laughs> That must be a risk that you are so entertaining that there's some sort of issue, some medical issue that that occurs. You got you got to tamp it down a bit. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, it's always a risk. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is cool. Listen, we, we we've been talking, and Kevin, we talked to you a couple times throughout the past two years and stuff you were doing, and you know, and, and getting out here and there. But uh, things seem to be a little bit more robust and more likely to continue on this trajectory of allowing you to go out and perform and do this stuff. Um, you know, so. Uh, the question, I guess, that I'm getting to here is during the time that you guys, you know, were, were dealing, as we all were with the past two years, was there just a massive influx of creativity or how did you how did you meter that time? Was there a mad rush at the end so you didn't <laughs> feel that you'd wasted uh, that time to create a lot of music? Well, you know, it's interesting because it went through kind of, for me, it went through sort of roller coaster phases. I mean, for the most part, I'm a pretty... Uh, uh, when it comes to filling the time with something, I'm very, very self-motivated at that. I think it kind of comes from the fact that, you know, in my in my other job, I, I work and then I don't work, you know, and then I work a little while and then I don't work. I haven't done anything steady. It's not like my, my time is always backed up on the weekends. So I'm constantly thinking of things to do, to, to songs to write, things to build drawing I'm, I'm just like my head is always kind of spinning with with that sort of thing and projects so for the most part i was very busy um during the pandemic i mean i have to say that i did hit a wall in terms of the songwriting and then for whatever reason that just kind of opened up for me and you know a bunch popped out and, and and mike wrote a great song and so we have a five song ep that is uh has really been created, I guess, mostly during the pandemic with mm. different, you know, ways and sharing files and all that kind of stuff. So we're excited about that. Kevin, you mentioned your, your other job, and by following on social media, I can only assume that you mean tending to the goats. <laughs> uh, because that seems to be the bulk of what you post on social media is you, you and your goats, man. I know, it's silly. Well, I mean, the goats were, again, that, that was a uh, a whim, a pandemic whim. I mean, you know, people did some crazy, it's like corona badness, you know. <laughs> and I got them for, uh, got two of them, the first two for, for my wife for our anniversary because, you know, she kind of is the girl that has everything. And, um, and she loved them, and then we just kept expanding, and, you know, we have... Uh, pigs and alpacas and more goats and miniature horses and did a whole bunch of that kind of stuff. Well, let, let me ask you then, and Michael, perhaps this is it since the Beach Boys, you know, struck with pet sounds. 
can you guys collaborate on goat sounds for, <laughs> for the next album? Let's start working on that. <laughs> goat and alpaca. Let's see. Tobacco? Yeah, tobacco. <laughs> like, alpaca, you know, tobacco. Gonna, Kevin mentioned uh, writing a great song. Uh, I'm assuming that he's referring to this. I'm going to play a clip of this. This is a memory of, of when I cared. I'm going to let our audience hear some of this if they've not heard it. Production. I mean, it's a great song. It's uh, it's really cool. But the uh, the production around this is uh, has got a really cool vibe to it. Who did this? Did you guys produce it yourselves, or who all is involved that uh, that gave it this this full vibe? This is a, a really old friend of mine named Joe Niccolo, um, who owned Studio Four for many years and, and was the owner of Rough House Records with Lauren Hill and the Fugees and all that kind of stuff. And we sort of rekindle our, our I've been living in out, outside of Jester County um, for the last couple of years and we rekindle our friendship and he was doing a, a charity event where he was producing records to put out for a charity about um, teenage uh, addiction. And I uh, said, do you want to do a couple of songs? So we said, sure. And uh, his studio is 20 minutes from my house and, and he's in Audubon and uh, he has this great rhythm section and they just killed it. Um, also, we wrote the song with Desmond Child, who you guys probably know is totally. Yeah, and uh, that was a really interesting. We ha- haven't really done that much collaboration. It was really interesting to see Desmond's uh, processes. And you know, we kind of cranked the song out, produced it, and I think it's. I think it's really exciting. It's kind of a new direction for us. It's a little less what we call Soko, which is folk rock, soul country. That's how we describe our sound. A little more contemporary, I think. Yeah, yeah, you definitely get that vibe. And, and Desmond's a, a hit machine. I mean, the guy who's cranked out some amazing stuff. Was it interesting to watch him? Uh, uh, you know, his songwriters have their different processes. They have their different way to go about things. And, and was it cool to watch him create and pick up a few things? It was not only fascinating, but so completely different than the way that we write songs. Um, you know, he had... A piano there that he never touched. There were a couple guitars there. I kept trying to, you know, pick it up and sort of noodle around with it. But it was really more about a. Um, he's got a very analytical way of looking at at song construction, and um, uh, uh, he has got he's got interesting rules, you know, that he that he follows in terms of like r- rhyme structure. And these are all things that never really occurred to us. I mean, we try to write lyrics and lyrics that rhyme and stuff like that, but but. You know, he's got a, a really uh, interesting um, point of view. But on top of that, he also really wants to connect with the people that he's written the song with. So it's not all just analytics. I mean, for instance, we went over to his pad and spent, I don't know, a few hours with him. Never even picked up an instrument, never sang a lick, never talked about it. It was just a first kind of like, you know, discussion sort of about about our lives, about his life, and and uh, and then it was just a really just a fun, cool process. I mean, I I, I learned a lot from him. So with, with you guys, um, and I'll, I'll direct to uh, to, to uh, Michael first. Is can you listen back at a song, and and is does that serve as a snapshot of um, that time you wrote that song, 
or once it's created and you know it you're you're performing it regularly on on stage does it just become part of the inventory or is it something like looking akin to looking to a photo album for you as the song creators yeah that's a great question um i think there are two kinds of songwriters and two kinds of songs one i call uh tin pan alley you make a date with someone like we did with desmond and you crank out a song and the other is uh, is more introspective. They call it uh, confessional songwriting. So you're actually trying to encapsulate some experience you had. And yes, as you in the second part of the song, the second part of the, the the types of songs, which I would say most of the time we are more in that area. You know, something bad happens, we write a song about it. Something good happens, we write a song about it. But um, with with Desmond, it definitely was the first one. I mean, it, it, we, I don't, I'll speak for myself. I don't feel any particular connection uh, and experience that that was. I feel a connection with the construction of the song. So um, it's, uh, but then getting back to your question, when you sing it, yeah, you try to. I mean, yeah. that's kind of, I don't mind singing songs for 20 years as long as I can always connect with the way I wrote it. It's it's interesting because uh, there's um, you know I did stand up for for a while and then a lot of comedians will come in and we'll talk and and you know you talked you mentioned rules Kevin uh, that various people have as far as song construction but ultimately the the rule I can as in comedy is if they laugh it worked there, there you go and and I assume as much as you can rule up something creative if it gets to what you want it, it's it's hard you know what may work for something doesn't always work for something else so there's never really a hard and fast yeah i mean in the movie business we have a a, a, a term which is one for the meal and one for the real <laughs> the idea is that you're you know you do things that are um you know sort of very personally creative and you know you put those on the real and then if you want to keep doing what you do you can also try to make something that is accessible to a to a bunch of people so i think that to find both of those things um i would agree that uh yeah when i i always find that i do better singing a song performing a song if i try to remember what the emotional connection is to it and that's probably because I'm an actor. And I think also with a song like uh, Memory When I Care, you know, we, we wrote it with a, another person. And even though the experience is, is not um, necessarily specific to, to, to my experience, that doesn't matter to me because that's what I do for a living. I, I, I walk in people's shoes who, you know, are, are not me. So to, to connect with it emotionally is um is is, is fun and and uh and if, if the music is good i i can feel it uh, if you're just joining it uh, uh michael and kevin bacon they are playing the bacon brothers are playing our more music hall tomorrow night we're doing this interview via zoom uh michael is wearing a shirt that has one of those little doohickeys that you put in the middle of a 45 <laughs> so that it will play on a uh on an album right. uh you know just a, the little post that an album that a record album would go on does that thing have a name? Does anybody know? Do you have Michael? Do you, do you have any idea what that thing is called? I've never known. Um, you know, I, I don't. But it's it's funny you mention that because I I teach it uh, in colleges. I'm a music professor, and I'll show this shirt to my students. <laughs> Y'all have no idea. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, funny. That was yeah. Even if they might know what an album is, yeah, like a forty-five doesn't no. even exist in anybody's uh, memory or, or in the the younger generation these days. But I still uh, love that. Uh, speaking of forty-fives, not to get too sentimental, but I don't know if I've ever expressed this to you guys. Um, you know, 
WMMR was such a huge part of our upbringing in that um, for me, it was opened up a whole new world of, of music when, you know, I listened to uh, WFIL Wiffle yep. and to AM and, and to WDAS. Uh, and then MMR sort of came on the on the radar, and I remember when it was you know when we were switching over to FM <laughs> and uh, FM um, rock, and it really was like kind of a, a, a mind blowing sort of uh, you know moment in a way. And and part of it was it's those little things on Michael's shirt were no longer being used because you were needle dropping onto albums and playing sometimes whole albums and and uh that was a big change there, there's a special relationship out there <laughs> yeah no a special relationship i i mean we we've talked about it with uh you know and that's why it's an honor to be a part of a terrestrial radio and of this station with this history because there is there's something that happens with music there's something that happens with the the curator the, the dj who's going to bring you the music uh there, there there's and i think in the realm of entertainment there's probably you'd be hard-pressed to find a more a visceral and personal relationship with the way the art is dispensed. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and I do have upstairs in my drawer, I wish I had a, a, uh, a t- an MMR T-shirt from probably about 1975. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you had, uh, we, we saw, we had noted you, you posted a video one day where you were playing a blues <laughs> lick or two and or just playing some, some blues songs and you were wearing that MMR shirt. We were like, yes! And it is in... <laughs> Prime condition, by yeah. the way. You have yeah, really taken no, care of that. I keep it under glass. <laughs> <laughs> nice, man. Well, when you, uh, you know, so Michael's here. You know, obviously, you, you're you're in the area all the time. And and uh, Kevin, when you come back in, are there any places you like to hit, or do you get to spend some time, or is it usually in for the gig and then you're back out? It's usually in for the gig and back out. Although. Uh, even if we're not playing, you know, I do come down. I, we have, uh, let's see, two sisters. Um, Mike is spending a lot of time down there. Um, uh, my uh, nephew and his wife and his daughter. So there's a lot of family. Uh, actually, more family back in Philadelphia now than there has for, been for years. So, so Michael, you you were you're nine years Kevin Senior. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So, and you you started. You were playing cello, as I, I recall, or, or uh, if I'm misstating this, please correct me. And it was your sister who taught you guitar, and that started the whole ball rolling. Is that correct? Yeah, she t- she was taking lessons on a baritone ukulele, which I still have. And she would come home and teach me what she learned. So I never actually took any guitar lessons, but she was really, besides her, she was really my first teacher. And our household was, you know, extremely creative that's what my pa- our parents really valued more than anything i mean we didn't do well in school we didn't have any sports but you know if you wanted acting lessons or dancing lessons or music lessons uh that was always a yes uh, you know, speaking about uh, being creative, the uh, <clears throat> the Grammys were last night, and um, there's I, I don't uh, have a whole lot invested in the Grammys. I'm, I'm, I'm I don't dive too much into a lot of current music, but I did find John Batiste who was, uh, was an accepting award last night a really cool statement in that. And paraphrasing was that um, he said, "In my heart of hearts, I don't believe that there's a best musician. I don't believe that there's a best actor. I don't believe that there is a." 
uh, a best in these subjective categories and that we should just... And Steve, you said there was another thing. He said that music is like a radar. It kind of finds you when you yeah. need it. It finds who needs it the most. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was just curious what you guys' are, uh, thoughts are on, on something like that because uh, we, we've seen, like, uh, the rock categories aren't even on the telecast <laughs> any longer. And it's kind of disappointing for us. And and I, I was kind of happy to hear somebody who's winning that big award say, look, we're, we're all in this to be creative. It's nice to get these awards. But really, you can't put a label on the best. Well, I totally agree with that. I, I, I find award shows kind of ridiculous because it just, there's no way to, it's not, a, it's, it's not a race. You know, you can't do a stopwatch. And I think, Batiste was exactly right on with that. It's weird. So you, you uh, Michael, you yourself, you've won a, um, you won an Emmy. I think was it for scoring the Kennedys? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and did you you also scored um, Loverboy? That was one of Kevin's films. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is let me ask you: Is that for all the time that you spent in music? Is uh, when you're doing something for your brother and a passion project? Was there a bit of extra nervousness in that, or was it just another day on the job? Well, um, it wasn't another day on the job because, uh, it, you know, any film scoring is a really weird uh, profession um, because music is so completely subjective, and at the same time, you are there to write music to support a film. You're not there to write a hit song or write a symphony, and you have to understand what your role is in supporting the film. And the film is the dream child of the director. And a director that's easy to work with is one that is very definite. I, I That's wrong. Can you change that here? This uh, you got to take that melody out. It's too sweet. Um, and luckily, my brother is one of those kinds of directors. So um, once we got in the, in the heat of battle, it was just like working for anybody else. And he was competent in what he wanted to do. And it was a great experience. I might also add that, you know, for me, I had never worked with a composer with all, with all my time on sets and having made so many movies. This was the first time that I was ever in a post-production situation. So I learned a lot from Michael about how to kind of communicate and the things that actually make sense and the things that land. And, you know, being, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a musician, but I'm not... A, I'm not the kind of musician that he is in terms of like you know being able to score and and you notate and, and understand you know counterpoint and deep harmonies and all that kind of stuff. So you know I was kind of shooting in the dark in terms of uh, what I was looking for sound wise, but I learned a lot about how to work with composers, and that was really really helpful for me too. That's cool. Well, you guys clearly have a great working relationship together. By the way, uh, our texters have let us know the Michael. The thing on your shirt is called an adapter, so that's the official. Name. I thought it would have a cooler name than that. Yeah, yeah, like Terrible. a Spugenhausen or some kind of weird. Let's thing. go with the Spugenhausen. I like that. Yeah, better. yeah, yeah. All right. um, yeah. Well, listen, gentlemen. Always great to talk to you. Excited that you're uh, back in town to perform. Ardmore Music Hall is where the gig is. It is tomorrow night. Uh, and uh, you're performing with uh, Lulana's. Uh, the uh, they're opening the show, I assume. How that, or are you guys doing a, a together sets? They're opening. Okay, so that'll be tomorrow night. Uh, it starts at seven thirty. Tickets available at ArdmoreMusicHall.com. So, guys, have a great gig. Thanks for coming on this morning. It's great, great to talk to you, to you guys. guys. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. you too, Kevin and Michael Bank and the Bacon Brothers. Let's on the Steve show. 
like you were saying, this definitely, this album, it's got a more contemporary feel to it. It's got a little deeper production uh, vibe. It's, cool. it's wild when you have something like that where you are, you're, you're kind of known for one style and you, um, I was thinking, you know, would you have the guts to change it up? You know, you have something that consistently works for you? Mm, probably not. <laughs> I wouldn't. I don't know. But I mean, the, let's face it. Uh, of farts are our bread and butter. It's what we oh, do. And uh, oh, yeah. we're not about to change it. Uh, and you know what? Actually, I was reading, because uh, we had Ken Burns on earlier, uh, and I was reading on the, the cover of the uh, Philly Mag is Ben Franklin. Yes. Uh, and his documentary is all about uh, Benjamin Franklin, and there's a, a section in this that's all about Ben Franklin and farts. No. Uh, I love it. I lo- see? Uh-huh. See? Yep. I'll, I'll read this directly. <laughs> It says, uh, on the subject of farts, it says, frustrated with the frivolous pursuit of much of the scientific establishment of his day, Ben responded to the Royal Academy of Brussels' call for scientific papers by penning a tongue-in-cheek demand for a deep scientific exploration of probing, if you will, farts. Uh, he He had written, this is Benjamin Franklin. Yeah. It is universally well known that in digesting our common food, there is created a produced uh, or produced in the bowels of human creatures a great quantity of wind. Uh, he said that the permitting this air to escape and mix with the atmosphere is usually offensive to the company from this fetid smell that accompanies it. I love it. One of our founding fathers touching yeah. on one of our favorite subjects. Maybe uh, maybe if we talk about changing what you're known for, maybe Ken Burns does an 80s style <laughs> You know, fraternity fart comedy. Mm. I I would have uh, to watch that. that would be I would have to watch that. It'd be crazy. You know what? Nick had asked uh, asked him about uh, the Phils and uh, their chance right, of, yeah. of winning um, this season. It's kind of in the bag, isn't it? Well, yeah. actually, they're looking really good, right, Nick? I am going to say this on the air. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when this doesn't happen, don't blame me. No. Uh, the Phillies playoff drought is going to end this year, right. and I think it's very likely that they're going to win the NL East. This um, is me saying this on April 4th, when the season ends, Phillies fans in October. It is on the record. If I'm not right, I apologize, but I think I'm, I can say this with confidence, they're going to win the NL East. It's how as many, legit as can be right now. Thank how, you. How many teams make the playoffs? Uh, uh, too many, by the way. Yeah. They, they upped it. Uh, so um, there are the three division winners, and then I think there's now three wildcard teams. Um, so I believe it's 12 from, uh, total. Okay. Yesterday's game, that was the absolute dong show, by the way. Uh, absolute, like, just home runs. Home runs? Okay. okay. I thought you meant somebody was whipping out their units. Oh, yeah. That yeah. too. Is there, is there show. an exposed penis night at the park, or is it? <laughs> Not yet. Yeah. Uh, by the way, so a traditional part of the game, uh, may soon be going away, uh, for MLB, and that is pitchers getting hand signals from catchers for pitches. Are they going to be able you to... Guys- Cell phone calls? Did you guys hear about this? <laughs> no. Yeah. Almost, Steve. So uh, MLB is increasing its experimentation with an electronic communication channel. This is bizarre. Between pitchers and catchers. Uh, they tested it out during spring training using some in uh, minor leagues uh, last season as well. And it could potentially be used in the majors this year. So, so okay. pitch comm system. On the surface, what do you think about this? Uh, I like the fact they do the signals. I think it's kind of neat. To, I think it's a cool part of the I game. I do, too. It's so that. firmly entrenched in the in the legend 
It's an intrinsic part of the sport. Yeah, and some yeah. catchers will actually wear fingernail polish so that their their fingers stick out a little bit more, like Carlos Ruiz used to. I think no he used to kidding. wear like so white. that the, the okay. hand gestures can be read more. All right, yeah. interesting. Or uh, band aids on their fingers too. They'll do it that way. Okay, uh, is this to designed to prevent cheating? Or I think so. Right. It didn't say in this article, but that's what I figured. The funny thing about cheating in baseball is that they will then find a way to cheat. Like yeah. there will yeah. be some signal interrupter that they have in the dugout that, that some nerd develops and gives to the manager, and they'll, they'll get the sign that way. What I'm thinking of, uh, Nick, is that they'll hit a hyper frequency that causes the right. pitcher's head to. Explode. Do you think, uh, do you think they ch- baseball? Do you think they cheat in baseball the most than any other yes, sport? I, yeah. By far, I, right? I, I think that they just since baseball has begun, they've found, found ways to cheat. Well, think of the Chicago Black yeah. Sox. Think, think of the you know. Well, besides that, other little things like spitballs and, and stuff are. like that. Houston yeah, Astros like and... stealing signs two years ago with the trash yeah. can thing. I mean, like, and, and to me, that I, there's part of it that's actually kind of funny uh, that they find these ingenious ways to cheat. It's still cheating, so I don't condone it. But it like, you know, banging trash cans in a dugout in order to steal signs. <laughs> so, but there, there, I know what you're saying. There is a slight <laughs> bit of charm yes. to, to the creativity by which they do it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the way that this works, the pitch com system, is the catcher. You're listening to pitch com. Coming up next is a slider. The <laughs> the catcher wears a wristband that has nine buttons for calling the pitch and location, and there's a receiver in the pitcher's cap and in the catcher's helmet, mm. and uh, the channel is encrypted. Um, and one of the fans, <laughs> one of the fans is 77 year old Hall of Famer Tony Larusa. Uh, he said that uh, he's very much in favor. He said, I think it speeds the game up. Why not just give him um, megaphones? Um, and New York Yankees manager Aaron Boone also had positive things to say hmm. after trying it out. Another benefit is that the system can eliminate uh, sign stealing. He says, I think that would be the only benefit. Well, yeah, before they tap into the frequency and they're listening to the commands. You right, know, right, right. But, I mean, I, if there's any other issue, I can't imagine what it would be. I mean, like, you can, like, like mistaken signals? I don't quite get how it speeds up the game. I, I don't either. Um, I, I thought it would be more about cheating. They are going to have uh, earlier start times this year, too. So most games really? are going to start yeah, yeah. around 6.45, uh, I think, cases. Yeah, I mentioned that last week because we were okay, giving yeah. away tickets. And uh, the start time used to be, the standard was 7.05, right? Right. And now they moved it up by 20 minutes. Which is kind of nice. I mean, it'll end a little earlier. They're also talking about, this is not a joke, uh, bringing in robot umpires. And they're going to do it in several minor league... Um, Killbots. <laughs> from Boston Dynamics. Yeah. Well, oh they're going to combine it with Black Mirror, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Steve I'm only they a- have those dog-looking things running around. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Percentage-wise, you know, I'm sure they have the figures on it, but I, percentage-wise, I wonder how close the uh, home plate umpires are to calling actual balls and strikes. <laughs> Preston, the robot's from Oblivion. Yeah. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. Yeah. I don't right, so like that it's going to take all those jobs, though. I, like think, all- I think the inaccuracy is part of the game. It gives you something to argue about. It, there's some subjectivity to it. Some umpires have smaller strike zones than others. What, are you going to kick dirt on C-3PO? <laughs> You're still going to have umps there. You know, yes. like you'll have a, you know, you have to have like the base umpires. You still need a home plate umpire for, you know, plays at the plate and stuff, when, I would imagine. So, so, but think of the extension of this. So in, in tennis, are you going to have a robotic 
you know, uh, you umpire. You know, yeah. well, listen, so wait, you, so you, you, have, you have it in, in tennis. I mean, you have the thing that, that uh, judges yeah. whether or not the ball hits the line. So right. Yeah. These yeah. things are already overturned by computers. It's for balls and strikes, Kathy. Okay, so so the umpires will still be there, yeah. but they can. This machine will overturn their call. Yeah, I think there Maybe. are ten or eleven teams in the minor leagues that are uh, going to do it this year. Triple A, the highest level in the minors. I'd like to start with cyborgs first. Yeah. Nick, yeah. will it be uh, contested calls in that you only get a certain amount per game or something? That's a good like question. That? I don't know. Okay, uh, but um, I don't care about them getting the signs wrong or the, or the calls wrong. Sometimes I, I think that it's, it's there's part, of, part it. of the charm is that umpires are human and therefore they're going to make mistakes. And so I think baseball is a human game. Allow humans to uh, to call the games as well. well they don't want you kill bots. Yeah. And, and it's like any uh, ref and almost any sport. They can they can call a game a certain way. If yeah. they've, they've in hockey, if they want to let them get away with a little bit more, get get a little more chippy, as they say. Uh, they, but they have to have leniency on both sides. Right. And the same thing, if they want to tighten up the zone a little bit, they but can. This starts you know? the floodgates. How soon before you're sitting next to a Roomba wearing a baseball cap? Right. <laughs> yeah, so. I don't know. I, I'm all for them getting the right call done every single time. All right. Uh, and uh, no, no room for the, the charm of the occasional inaccuracy? I don't want a bad call to yeah. um, dictate the outcome of a game. It's, it, it just, it sucks. And... You know, like this is just, you know, I don't care that it takes away the purity of the game. But also, in the same breath, I don't like the idea of... Uh, Killbots? No, I hate killbots. Okay. I hate that idea. Um, no, but I, I like being... I like the giving the signs to the pitcher. I don't like uh, the idea of, of there being... Mm. Yeah. With monitors with the with the perfect robot uh, umso. What about all those people that love to get pissed off and uh, <laughs> get drunk and get thrown out of games? Yeah, with their well, daughter's thirteen year old. Uh, well, this is impressive. The robot can throw you from inside the stadium out to the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Watches you hell. <laughs> I've been on the receiving end of uh, angry because you know in college I I refed or umpired uh, intramural softball games and these are my friends. You know yeah. what I mean. It does. It sucks being on the receiving end of that stuff, especially like if the call was a little bit close. I also helped. Uh, I was a line judge for the uh, volleyball, the women's volleyball team, yeah. and that sucks as well. I mean, because that was like that's like legit college I, competition. It, I feel bad for for refs, especially in the, in the kids level, because we there was a story recently. A friend of ours whose friend yeah. uh, got thrown out of a, of a, a hockey game. His, yeah, his thirteen year old daughter's <laughs> hockey game. He was mouthing off to the ref. Thirteen years old, and at some point, did the ref just want to go, dude? Yeah. The 13 years old. Right. What level of referee do you expect me to be here? I'm doing the best that I can. I'm wearing, And yeah. if it's not good enough, it's because we're at a 13-year-old's game and here. Then, and uh, uh, please cut me some slack. You know, I'm doing this for like... Yeah. 40, 50 bucks a game. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It looks like I'm, they're doing it mainly for the fun of it, probably. The, the, no, they're probably doing it to help pay their mortgage or their oh, rent okay, or you know, right. whatever. Or maybe like, there's you know, a multitude of reasons, but for whatever, I like the idea of the, the cheer team for the, uh, for, the, for the umps and the referees and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. All right, well, anyway, speaking of cheating, and this will reel Kathy in, a TikToker has figured out a pretty clever hack for getting discount codes online. That's not cheating. If it's a code, you you earned it. But according to Sparkle Girl three sixteen, Sparkle Sparkle, uh, she explains that she, well, here's what she does, Kathy. And okay. Tell me if you think this will work. She okay. just inputs 
common girl names with a number after uh, yeah, it. Yeah, you know what? For example, KD20. So yeah, what does that do? I don't well, know. No, you're, you're going to have to go through it. I mean, I understand it. She's just trying to figure it out. Yes. There, there are common, like, free ship, you know, is one, or, um, you know, like... Uh, like the February uh, 10, it means, you know, you'll get 10% off or something like that. Like they'll do the month and then whatever the discount is. So there's common code, so, but you'd sit there forever. Yeah. Well, she says it's a website, webs in the website discount code box. She'll put in something like KD20. And usually she can figure out one that works after a few tries. So, so she is, so uh, she goes to the site and there they make the, uh, the option of, Sort of signing in and getting a discount? Is that so what she's you, doing? No, when you check out, there's a, a box that says enter coupon code. And, yes, and, all the time. And so it's a code. A lot of places will use a common code. They'll just make it easy. Like I said, they'll use the month and then whatever percentage off you're going to get. So, you know, April 15 and, you know, in the month of April, you get 15% Bajmir. off. But you really... <laughs> but you're gonna, you are going to have to sit there and go... And go through it. I mean, if she's doing this for other people and then offering up the codes, sure, that's fine. But there's a ton of other sites where you can go and get a code for wherever you're shopping. Well, Kathy, isn't that what Honey does? I, you, I think you introduced me to it, like the Honey app that you install on your computer. Yes. Yes, thank you. Oh, I got to install it on this new computer. Yeah, and so it, it pops up automatically. So Honey, um, I, I guess it's an so- app. Uh, yeah, it is an app. And, okay. and so if, you, if you're if you shopping somewhere, um, Honey will, I don't even know how it works, but basically if I were to go onto my computer, I download Honey on here, um, when I, no matter where I check out of, any, you know, online retailer, Honey will enter whatever coupon code is available for yeah. that retailer. And it works. And it works. So so there'll so be this, ones this that you is... don't even know of and it'll they'll put it in and you'll get a discount. So is this with the participation of the various companies? So they, they provide information to the site or is this person aggregating all this stuff themselves or people who run the app? I would imagine it's probably a little bit of both because they have obviously an insight to what these coupon codes mm. are each month. Uh, by the way, many commented that they, the hack was genius and some even shared similar techniques. One person wrote, look on the brand's Instagram tagged pictures uh, for influencers posting with codes. Well, another wrote, just search the company name and code, put, you know, type in the word, uh, the company name and then the word code on YouTube and someone's code will be in a description of the video. Yeah, so there, Mm. but there's apps too. Like I use Retail Me Not and you just enter the store name and if there's a code available, it will list it right there. I go into Chode Liquor. Chode Liquor. Is that for this or? It's for booze and spirits. Oh, not (laughs) L-I-C-K-E-R. No, that's it. Oh, oh, it is. Oh, okay. (laughs) It's a double on time. All right. Well, if you're on your phone, you can you can get a little app, I guess, right, Kath? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's tons. I mean, okay. what she's doing exists. She's just offering another uh, okay. place to get it. Uh, speaking of your phone, uh, taking selfies. A lot of people obviously do right. that regularly and post them on social media. But you might not want to do so with your front-facing camera. University of Texas researchers found that using the front-facing camera on your phone to take a selfie can make your nose look longer and wider than in standard photographs. Okay. Really? Mm. I, feel, I feel like it makes your whole head look bigger. Well, be, I th- because the other camera tends to flatten you out a little bit more. It doesn't have a depth of field. I, I don't know, I guess. But I, that's why I, I don't understand. I hate selfies. I don't understand why people post them because a lot of times it does. It makes everybody look like rounder. Mm. Uh, researchers also note that uh, requests for rhinoplasty have surged <laughs> amid oh, no. the popularity of selfies. 
On average, the nose appeared 6.4% longer in selfies taken from 12 inches away and 4.3% longer in selfies taken 18 inches away compared to photos taken on a digital camera. So this is just on your phone. Uh, Selfies also lead uh, to the chin appearing shorter and the nose appearing wider. Yeah, see, it, it sh- that's what I mean. Like it, the the chin shorter, so it's sort of rounding out your face. So okay. they're showing um, examples of this on this display that we have up on the screen here All in right. the studio. Yeah, that seems like <laughs> a, a dramatic it. shift. Yeah. yeah. That's a lot. I mean, so you look at the, the, the all the way to the left. Yeah. On the top, she has a short black haircut, and when she uses a different camera, she has long blonde hair <laughs> That's and weird. different. That is Steve. Now those are different. Yeah. Uh, those are different people. All oh, oh. different people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so anyhow, uh, yes. Yeah, so selfies. Uh, like I said, this is according to study leader Dr. Uh, Bardia Armek said that uh, as the popularity of selfie photography increases. It is crucial to understand how they distort facial features and how patients use them to communicate. In addition, our findings provide data for manufacturers to improve uh, the societal impact of smartphone cameras. And we need to increase awareness of how false perceptions on selfies may affect rhinoplasty requests. Harumph. Perceptions of self-image and subsequent depression and anxiety. What I found depressing was the fact that they have like young girls going to uh, plastic surgeons with their Instagram filters. And yeah, same I want to look like, like this. Yeah. I know. Casey posted a video of himself using a um, uh, a selfie, a selfie stick, stick. Which I was like, at first, I'm like, how are you doing that? I, I, I was, somebody's you have a camera person doing this? Yeah. yeah. But you're, I haven't seen somebody use a selfie stick in, in a while. while. Yeah. But I it was like, perfectly hidden. Sometimes you can see yeah. that they're using the selfie stick. Yeah, uh, and that try, I didn't even know you had one. No, I, well, I, I got it. I don't even know a month and a half ago, something like I don't know. I was posting some videos. I'm like, ah, I probably should get like it's not only a selfie stick, but also a stand and stuff. So what? Okay. It, and it's just you riding your bike? Uh, no, it's a scooter, Kathy. Oh, a scooter. It's a, it's a scooter. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I was bored. <laughs> That's kind of how. Cute it, fit. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, I posted a vid on social media the, for uh, my daughter and I were just taking a drive. And uh, we drove by this place that I've I've driven by tons of times, and I've always wanted to actually see a little bit more clearly. Right. Uh, it's a quarry in East Norton. I like quarries. It's called the uh, the Gill uh, Quarry. I think is the name of it. And uh, so, you know, they weren't open for business, but they're you can pull into their front entrance. Huh. And I'm like, let's just pull in there real quick. And they have a, a wall. And I'm like, let's go peek over that wall. Dude, until you take a look down into a quarry, mm-hmm. and they're they're all over the place. Yeah, you don't realize just how freaking big those places where are. Where is this quarry? Deep they are. It's in East Norton. So Dutch Springs, which is where I believe you uh, certified that's where I did my scuba, yeah. where my wife did as well. Ninety that feet was, deep, right? Former quarry mm-hmm. that they flooded. I mean, this is pretty wild. Yeah. So that, that it quarry, actually looks like a stone vagina. When they dug that quarry at. Uh, um, Dutch Springs, uh, it uh, you know they hit a natural spring, and so they built a pump house. Yeah, and they 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 would pump the water out regularly, and when it shut down, they just turned the pump off. And, and, it, and it filled up. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. So you said it wasn't open for business. What is the business of a quarry? <laughs> like what happens in there? Like they 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 get they retrieve stone. stone they like yeah. like for for whatever. I don't know what's in there. If it's marble or or limestone. gravel or limestone, so or whatever. Digging. Yeah, they yes. dig and they they take that stuff out and. You know your your countertops might be made with uh, with that stuff. Okay. Yeah. So. That is a big ass hole. Yeah. And you know what? And I got a lot of comments that were like, "That one is tiny." Yeah. 
uh, oh, compared no to a lot of the ones that you'll What's, see around. Wait, there's one right off of the Blue Route. There's a quarry. Some uh, I, I yeah, because yeah, I've um, flown over it. On my way back in from uh, That's from huge. out west, you have to fly and, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm like, man, I, I got to remember where that is. Yeah, but I but I'm right, right? Because yeah. I, I would, I would see the lights on when we were at Y100 years ago, and I was driving in from Media. I'd see all the lights because they would be working, you know, in, in the dark in the morning, and it was, it looked like pretty, pretty damn big. I remember my dad taking. He had like some sort of like barbecue. It was like a work barbecue. Years and years. I was a kid, and. They, they, it, the, so this barbecue playground area was right next to a quarry, and I, mean, I, I was probably eight or nine yeah. years old. I had no business going to the quarry edge, but I did. I would love to. I, I, I have no idea. I, I, I want to take a tour of a quarry. Yeah, and this one was big, and it was filled with water. It was not that. Where's Dutch Springs? Uh, oh, my God. It's out west. Yeah, I haven't been okay. out there in a while, yeah. but yeah, way far yeah. west. Yeah, I feel like this was, you know, closer to Bucks County, but I have no idea. Well, so I was just going to say, there there was one in Bucks County. I never went to it, but my brothers used to go, and people would, like, swim in it. Like, sure, people would yeah. go there for the day, swim in it. There was a cliff. They all used to do, like, backflips off the cliff. Mm. But um, but isn't that... It's like, dangerous. Well, I was just going to say, like, yeah. what, you don't well, even know what's underneath. In, you saw Coda, right? The movie? Yeah. Yeah, so when she they go jumping off the cliffs, that's in an old quarry. quarry. And so... Yeah, yeah. There's one in Berwyn, Kathy, and uh, there's like a, uh, an office park around it now. And people, when I was in high school, would go swimming in it all the time. And the reason they told you not to do it, and I don't know if this is an old wives' tale or not, but there was still equipment on the underneath well, the water, yeah, yeah. and you could yes, get, you could get stuck on it. Yeah, yep, yep. Well, yep. They, and, and sometimes, like with the uh, Dutch Springs, they actually sink things like a oh, fire sure. truck and helicopters. Yeah, and yeah they have all kinds of stuff for you to, to check out. Uh, but yeah, and you can jump in and not know what's under yeah. there and actually yeah. hit something. Uh, hey, I'm going to go to James. Hey, James. Good morning. Guys, how you doing? Good. What's up, buddy? Yeah, I drive a dump truck, and I just want to let you know that uh, yeah, quarries will they quarry stone, and then they'll crush the stone to different sizes, and then dump trucks will take it out to, to various places as is. Sometimes they'll move it to uh, you know asphalt plants. They mix it with tar and paved roads, and uh, so they do all kinds of stuff. They uh, you know crush the stone. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, you've heard of a gravel pit right. before. That's kind of, yeah. I guess, what that is. So, all right, cool, man. Thanks. Yeah. And there, we have a, there's a bunch in the area. Uh, so, but this one I've driven by. I'm like, you could kind of see over the ridge when you're driving by. Right. I'm like, man, I wonder how deep that goes. And we were just trying, well, let's pull over and take a look at it. I think if you could convert one into, like, a party location, that'd be pretty cool. Oh, my God, yeah. Yes. Oh, my God, yeah. And make Absolutely. it look like the, the, the gateway to hell. Oh, I'm awesome. loving this, Steve. Yeah. I think Let's I have. Do our, it. We have our post career, post radio career ahead of us. Stop talking about your quarry plans. Yeah. All right. Anyhow, we need to take a quick break and come back because at ten o'clock, your next chance to win five hundred dollars and MMR MMR BQ. I, I keep wanting to say MMR concert tickets. Yeah, but it's called MMR's concert cash, and we will do that at ten. So be ready. We'll take a break and be right back. Bizarre file coming up next. Stay with us. Ummr.com. The one thing that rocks. Events, photo galleries, car gear in the rock shop. WMMR.com. All right, we have um, about three minutes uh, before we can do our uh, MMR concert cash, so I'm not going to start the Bizarre file. No, no, no. Give it just a moment, let it breathe, but I will tell you, we have a couple things to mention. Uh, A new Daily Rush video available for your consumption. It is called the Psychopath Law Firm. <laughs> and apparently the it's the Bundy, Madoff, and Barrow oh, yeah. Psychopath Law Firm. <laughs> and the description says, if you don't pay, each one of us will come and kill you. 
And you can follow us on Instagram for a first look at the Daily Rush videos, which are sponsored by Xfinity's Gig Speed Internet. And you can learn more at Xfinity.com. Also, a pretty cool thing to mention is that Pierre Robert. Yeah. We'll be broadcasting live on Wednesday. Out of the studio, a live broadcast. That's a wonderful thing. And he will be at the Xfinity store in Northeast Shopping Center on Roosevelt Boulevard in the Great Northeast. And this is because Comcast earned this broadcast with their incredible donation to the Camp Out for Hunger. Man, did they step up. And so we are making good on our promises for the largest donations from companies and so on. Uh, and so Pierre's going to be doing a live broadcast. So what do we owe, like 50 hours to Subaru? Yeah, something yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah. I mean, obviously we had, to, we had to skip a year. Yeah. So uh, you can stop by to say hello to Pierre and win some great prizes and concert tickets. So we haven't heard a live broadcast in a while. I love it. Yeah. So it's, it's good to get back uh, to that. Yeah, totally. And then next thing you know, we'll be doing one uh, somewhere down the road a little bit. So uh, we'll get set for all that. We still have about a minute left. I can't. You I, can't, man. I can't do the uh, the concert cash until we have the designated times. So we are going to have to just just going to have to wait so it on out. Day one, you want to hit it as close as you can. Yeah. So, you guys, so, just, so Kathy, you want to sing something? Uh, no, we do a, uh, I don't think so. A minute of silence uh, in for honor who? of who concert cash. Oh, oh, just ourselves. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no. yeah, yeah. We need that. Uh, no, we're not going to do that. That's uh, that is not a good thing to do. Um, there was something else I wanted to. Mention. Oh, can I tell you guys something? I can yeah, tell you something. Go ahead. Right. It's so quick. Um, I'm really proud of myself. Um, I made chicken noodle soup yesterday. Wow! <laughs> you you made like homemade, homemade, not out of a can. Okay. <laughs> I was, Listen, I get it. I know it's easy, but it was good. I made it, and it actually tastes good. No, okay. not out of can. Oh, not out of can. No, I made it homemade. I thought about you this weekend. I was I was scrubbing my kitchen sink, okay? <laughs> okay. And I'm getting it as clean as I possibly yeah. can, so I immediately thought of you. Right. And I was like, Kathy is so meticulous. <laughs> Why can't she cook? Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Right? Because Bake, that is baking, right? That is a meticulous uh, thing as well. There are steps that you follow. You you do them in a specific order. You get them done, and you have something wonderful. It's, if if you would apply your sensibilities to cleaning, you could cook. I think. Um. So I think that's why I'm okay at baking, Steve, yeah, because, because it's, it's more meticulous. It's precise. Like yeah. with the cooking, you, sometimes you need to cook the same dish, you know, a few times before right. you get it right. You guys, I'm, I, I give. After the first time, I'm like, that sucked. I'm not doing it again. Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, that's your cooking show. You well, that sucked. That sucked. Well, that sucked. <laughs> like uh, that whole French toast situation. That sucked. Never that made sucked. it again. Uh, I'm not going to waste all that time again for it to not be good. So right. how was your soup? It was good. It was okay. really good. That's why I'm proud of myself because I made it and it tasted good and Jace was like so excited. Ate his whole bowl. So Did yeah. you cook the chicken? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Everything, yeah. Did you ever use your stomach pump? No. Where'd you get the recipe? <laughs> I just looked it up online. I mean, okay. I know it's like I asked a friend and she's like, oh, just throw some spices in there. But I kind of, I, I can't do that because I'm not. A you cook. don't know that. Yeah. Was, it, uh, was it chicken breast or did you buy whole chicken? And no, it? I did um, the chicken breast and then I, you know, shredded it. Um, nice. After it was cooked. And then, yeah. And they used a, an already made uh, broth or no. stock. You made the stock. I made the stock. Thing. I made wow. everything. That's why I'm so proud of myself. Where'd you make the stock from? Um, so I, what are the little cubes? Oh, yeah. Okay. Bullying. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so I used a cube. That's not really making stuff. Well, that was, there was only one. I used the cube, and then I did baby um, steps. 
uh, different spices. There was like a, a mixture of water and the spices and then one pretty, of those cubes. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's close. To make yeah. Yeah. A homemade stock, you need bones, actually. Oh, so, uh, yeah, you oh okay. Sorry. That. Well, yeah. it was yeah. homemade to but me. It was good enough. Yeah. It's yeah. close I enough. I put a cube in water. Right. That was <laughs> Kathy Romano, we're very proud of you. Thank you. All right. We can do this now. It's 10.01. Here we go. Now, here's your concert cash keyword. All right, your keyword this hour is rich. R-I-C-H. And you have until 15 minutes after the hour to enter it. Three ways for you to do it. You can text it to our special contest short code number, which is 45911. Or if you'd like to be entered for the $10,000 grand prize, then you want to enter it from the MMR app or at WMMR.com. One random entry will win $500 in our company-wide contest, and all MMR winners receive two free tickets to the MMRBQ. Winners get a call from Beasley. Make sure you answer your phone. Contest rules at WMMR.com, and it is brought to you by AAA Distributor. So, again, the word is rich. R-I-C-H. Enter it right now. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. All right, I got a few stories to share with you. We'll start with this one. A British Bobby, a police officer, has been arrested on suspicion of outraging public decency after being filmed appearing to commit a sex act on a park bench. He was spanking it on the bench. This is a Bobby? Yep. Not a Cindy. No, it was a Bobby for sure, yes. Uh, The Metropolitan Police... Said that it was absolutely horrified and saddened by the incident, which was brought to its attention just before 11.30 p.m. on Wednesday. Think how the bench feels. Uh, police, uh, The police officer remains in custody. Uh, the video went viral on social media. It shows the officer uh, who is seen sitting on a green bench with his police cap by his side no. in a park believed to be in South London. He then looks over his shoulder. Speaking of no one's looking at <laughs> uh, To check his surroundings be- before, wa- <laughs> before watching something on his cell phone and committing the act. Uh, the incident was filmed by a member of the public who, when confronting the officer, managed to note his badge number, allowing him to be tracked down. Oh, say, what are you doing over there? The Met Police said investigators worked through the night to identify the officer who was then arrested in the early hours. I was manipulating my tally Uh Commander Kyle Gordon, who is in charge of the Roads and Transport Policing Command, said, I've known that every- I know that everyone will be absolutely shocked by this video. I'm absolutely horrified and saddened by incidents such as this. We're as, gobsmacked. As are the all decent uh, officers and staff. He was smacking his yes. gob, yeah. This is my gob, and, and I'm going to smack it. <laughs> he said they, they are contrary to everything we stand for. Wow. Yeah. Couldn't have waited. do that out of uniform. Couldn't have waited until he was uh, off duty. A woman is speaking out after a terrifying home invasion caught on camera. Surveillance video shows a naked man opening Krista Brown's front door on Monday afternoon and walking in. She said the man then got into her bed while she was sleeping and tried to cuddle with her. Oh, my God. Yeah. After working the overnight shift, Krista said that she was taking a nap Monday afternoon when it happened. Home surveillance footage captured the man going into her bedroom where she was sleeping. I'm going to make you feel so good. (laughs) As soon as I saw it was not my boyfriend, I screamed and jumped 
and ran out of the house. What a terrifying encounter. She said her family was doing chores at the time and that the man opened the front door with her son. uh, uh, The man opened the front door when her son was taking out the trash. Uh, The police report identifies the naked man as Jason Kendrick and said upon uh, leaving the first floor home, he went up to the building's third floor where her brother Justin lives. Uh, Justin said, I kind of heard a couple of big thuds, so I went to my door to answer it, and, well, there was a naked man standing in front of my door. He seemed lost, and he seemed scared. Uh, Krista said Kendrick re-entered her home four or five more times before she and her family eventually got him to leave. Hi! And police said they arrested Kendrick at the house next door where they said he lives. He faces a breaking and entering charge. Listen to this. This is terrifying. A former British Airways pilot was sentenced to a year in jail after pleading guilty to falsifying his flying experience. He was handed a 12-month sentence in court in East London after pleading guilty to four contents of fraud and two breaches of the Air Navigation Order 2016, which regulates safety standards. So how much did he fudge things? He claimed to have flown 1,610 hours as a captain and fabricated training certifications while applying for a job with British Airways. Uh, between April 2016 and March 2018, he was employed as a pilot okay. by British Airways City Flyer operating out of London City Airport. I wonder, you know, I was wondering if he just flew a kite and that was his experience. <laughs> and by the now collapsed Irish regional airline uh, Stobart Air, which was owned by Aer Lingus. And he was with each carrier for a year. Okay. Uh, but there's an interesting thing that happened. So officials at uh, British Airways City Flyer. First became suspicious after an incident on the ground in Switzerland when the pilot pressed a button, quote, no qualified pilot would. This is according to uh, uh, the source that didn't have further details, but it's apparently he hit some button that no pilot would ever hit. So there's a button like that? I don't know. Uh, He was investigated by the CAA, which took legal action. Who pushed his button? The pilot manipulated the log recordings, uh, the log recording his flight hours while working for a previous employer, Hangar 8 Management, which operates the same uh, jet as the the BA City Flyer. And he also falsely said that he had private pilot's license in 1998. So Mm. he could do the job. Yeah, but maybe not as well as you might assume. uh, British Airways uh, said the pilot was fully qualified and certified. The case... Related to incorrect information provided in references that he provided during his application. So you, sir, we are, are a button pusher. You button pusher. All right, and then finally we'll end with this. Two rocket launchers and a practice grenade were found in a trash can at a residence near a California school earlier this week. So do those things go bad? On Wednesday, deputies responded uh, regarding a military ordinance found in a trash dumpster. The location was less than a mile from Liberty High School. Inside the dumpster were two empty, one-time-use, disposable AT-4 launcher tubes and one inert practice grenade that was cut in half. Although the launcher tubes are illegal to possess, they were not a safety hazard and there was no threat to the community, the department said. Uh, This incident was not an unusual occurrence, as we routinely find and seize inert military ordinance, they said. What? And so I assume you cut the grenade and have to share, right? Yeah, right. That's what you would do. Uh, so the hazard device team responded to the scene and collected the items. Uh, grenades and rocket launchers are considered destructive devices by the National Firearms Act. They're also classified as firearms and are therefore legal with proper registration. 
Uh, possessing a destructive de- device in California uh, is illegal in California if it can be proven in court who it belongs to and that the person knew that it was a destructive device. Do, do they think like deer hunters or something? Maybe that. Yeah, maybe that. I don't know if they consider that or not, but Rocket maybe, lunches. you know, the season's coming up yeah. and uh, they're just getting ready for it. All right. And there you go. Know, that is what I have in the bizarre file for you. Uh, keep in mind, we have a couple more minutes left, about five or so for you to enter the word rich. It is MMR's concert cash. So the word is rich. R-I-C-H. Make sure that you enter that now. We'll find out if you win in a bit. And we'll be back in just a few. Stay put. If you like what you hear, you can see it too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on Xfinity On Demand. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's I hate Steven Singer.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. The Monday morning with Preston and Steve Show. Word of the Week Prize this week is a pair of tickets and autographed guitar and a room for the night as MMR Rockstar Brothers Steel Panther. And they are playing the Res Erections Tour. <laughs> I love it. Saturday, April 30th at Sound Waves at a Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Atlantic City. So, letter at the end of the show for your chance to get started collecting those and win our Word of the Week prize, hopefully. So, we're going to do today's uh, lesson question. Pair of tickets we'll give away to see Brent Morin uh, Saturday, April 16th at Punchline Philly. And the question I have for you this morning is, who is Hugh Jackman's understudy in The Music Man? <laughs> 215-263-WMMR. If you were listening earlier, heard Casey talking about going to see The Music Man, and I uh, didn't want to catch the understudy. Who was that? The understudy for The Music Man. 215-263-WMMR. You had to have heard it. We'll do the trash while you call in. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, what's happening this morning, Steve? Well, Mama June's other daughter, Lauren Pumpkin Shannon, announcing she'll be giving birth to twins in late May. The news threw the Shannon family into a panic over who will be next in line to inherit the master outhouse. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, despite suggestions to the contrary, K-pop boy band BTS will not be able to get out of serving a required year and a half in the South Korean Army. However, the Army will consider using BTS's special skill set by, by employing them to tap dance across the heavily mined DMZ. Hey! And finally, actress Rosanna Arquette, total. Her Tesla over the weekend by driving it into the back of a UPS truck. Arquette says the only reason she walked away from the crash is because there was no fuel to explode and because she was uninsured. <laughs> that's your Hollywood show. All right, we're going to see if you know the answer to this. He was Hugh Jackman's understudy for the Music Man, 215-263-WMMR. The number and I will go to Brad, see if we can get the answer. Hey there, Brad. Hey, buddy. How are you? Good, man. All right. So, who was Hugh Jackman's understudy in The Music Man? Terry Bradshaw. Yes, Terry Bradshaw. Yep. I want you to hang on, Brad. Got yourself some tickets to see Brent Morin, who's going to be playing Saturday, April 16th at Punchline Philly. Tickets are on sale now for five shows with Brent Morin. 
Thursday, April 13th through Saturday, April 16th. PunchlinePhilly.com for tickets and information. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Brought to you by A.D. Moyer Lumber, trusted experts since 1939. A.D. Moyer Lumber is your professional source for decks, windows, doors, kitchens, millwork, and more. And you can visit them on the web at admoyer.com. Well, the Grammys were last night. And uh, I'll mention a few things. We had a breakdown of it earlier this morning, but that was uh, several hours ago. Record of the year went to uh, Silk Sonic for Leave the Door Open. Album of the year went to John Batiste for We Are. Song of the Year went to uh, the um, Silk Sonic crew as well for Leave the Door Open. Best New Artist was Olivia Rodrigo. And as far as the rock categories go, Foo Fighters reigned supreme. And they won for Best Rock Album for Medicine at Midnight. They won for Best Rock Song, Waiting on a War. And Best Rock Performance for Making a Fire. And there was also a nice tribute to Taylor Hawkins. There was, yeah. And, and, and Billie Eilish wore a shirt with yeah. his picture on it. So right. it was kind of thread throughout uh, uh, the, it was nice. the evening. Yep. Uh, best metal performance went to Dream Theater for the Aliens. So Grammys are in the books now. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers drummer Chad Smith revealed that Ozzy Osbourne tried to unsuccessfully recruit Jimmy Page for his upcoming album. Uh, Smith appeared on Ozzy's last album, 2020's Ordinary Man, and also uh, returned to the new project. And following Led Zeppelin's 2007 reunion show, Page said on a number of occasions that he wanted to be seen playing guitar again, noting in 2014 that he was forming a new band. However, aside from a few guest appearances, he hasn't returned. But Ozzy was seeking him, and for some reason he couldn't get him. We don't know. Maybe he couldn't understand what he was asking. Maybe that was it. Not even understand at all what that was about. Uh, Coming to England's BBC TV this summer is the four-part docuseries called My Life is a Rolling Stone. The special, produced in conjunction with the band in celebration of its 60th anniversary, will feature an hour-long look on each Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, Ron Wood, and the late Charlie Watts. Neither former members Bill Wyman or Mick Taylor will be given their own spotlight documentaries, though. So each one of those is a different one. And Charlie Watts had a uh, section in the In Memoriam uh, last, last night. night. Yep. Okay. Uh, the Guardian reported that uh, the films are set to air on BBC Two will feature unseen footage and exclusive stories from Mick, Keith, and Ronnie interwoven into new and archive interviews and performance. While the Watts film is told through his bandmates and peers, Rod Stewart, Tina Turner, Steven Tyler, Chrissy Hines, Slash, and others will contribute. To no hassle-offs? No hassle-offs, <laughs> once again. Paul McCartney was caught while in helpful citizen mode while on vacation in St. Bart's. The former Beatle jumped into action during a fender bender between a quad bike and a white Kia. The Daily Mail reported that Macca, his wife Nancy Chevelle, and her adult son Arlen witnessed the accident and rushed to help the bike driver regain his composure. And that's all cool. that I have that actually and re- happened. Re- repaired the vehicle, too, from what I Yeah, said. he got out and uh, fixed it. Yeah. Right there, right away. All right, and then uh, I don't do a lot of um, music history, but this is pretty extraordinary. So it was 58 years ago today. And I've read about this before, uh, that the Beatles made history by holding down the top 
five positions on the Billboard 100 singles chart. And there's actually more to it than I realized, okay? So coming in at number one was the group's current single, Can't Buy Me Love. It was followed by their cover of the Isley Brothers' Twist and Shout, with the number three rounded out by She Loves You, the band's second U.S. chart topper. Coming in at number four was I Want to Hold Your Hand, the song that broke the Beatles in America, along with being a seven-week chart topper. And Please Please Me had closed out the top five. So they had the top five positions in the country all at one time. Now, that's just the icing on the cake. Here's the part that I didn't know. The Beatles also occupied the following seven slots on the top 100. I saw her standing there was number 31. From Me to You was number 41. Do You Want to Know a Secret was 46. All My Lovin' was at number 58. You Can't Do That was number 65. Roll Over Beethoven was at number 68. And Thank You Girl was number 79. That's crazy. They had 12 songs in the top 100 (laughs) at the same time. That is incredible. Amazingly, between February 1st and May 8th, 1964... The Beatles held down the number one spot on the Billboard charts with I Want to Hold Your Hand at seven weeks, She Loves You at two weeks, and Can't Buy Me Love at five weeks. So for 12 weeks, it was uh, it was all Beatles. You know, it's kind of fun. In the, in the get, actually, in 14 weeks, I'm sorry. In the Get Back uh, documentary, the Peter Jackson, the, when they're kind of going through some of their earliest songs they're writing and just sitting there bouncing back and forth and yeah. singing those older melodies. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're just grinding them out like nobody's business. Yeah, it's incredible. So just a look back in music history. And there you go. That is music news. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a second, and we will wrap things up when we return. So make sure you're with us. If you like what you hear, you can see it, too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on Xfinity On Demand. Well, it's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme has everything you'll need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app to shop for this season's essentials any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Fairly comfortable day today. High's going to be about 57. Not bad. No rain in the forecast, and that ends starting uh, tomorrow. We start getting a chance of rain each day, some worse than others. Some on days where you had plans to play golf. Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> that's not going to happen anymore. Uh, Tuesday, we're looking at 55 degrees and some afternoon showers. Some morning rain on Wednesday, clearing up later in the day. High 57, then Thursday, it'll wash out. We get some thunderstorms. Well, you can't play in a thunderstorm when you're out on the golf course, but have you ever played in a downpour? Casey? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Casey and I played one year the day before um, Keenan's live broadcast. Uh, We went to this course that doesn't exist anymore. Actually, it's something different now. It's called Sand Barrens. And we played, I don't know... We got about halfway through a round, and uh, we were going to bail. We, we were, it, it was it was cold, it was windy, it was rainy, and we were going to bail. But I was playing pretty well, <laughs> and I'm like, man, let's keep going. I mean, we were soaked to our bones. It was pretty miserable. It was fun time, <laughs> but presently we, we had a good time. Yeah. You, you saw you saw me peeing. I, I was peeing. that the one where that was oh, the one? Yeah, okay, yeah. You know, no. all right. Thank you. For all right. That. Anyway, I would like to thank our guest, Ken Burns. Hey, 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 hey. 
Uh, what a great guy. Incredible interview. Incredible documentarian, obviously. And Benjamin Franklin is his most recent subject. And it premieres today on PBS at 8 o'clock. It's two parts, four hours long. And he said it'll be streaming everywhere that you can get PBS Excellent. material. So he was so great. And uh, we had the Bacon Brothers. Kevin, hey! Kevin and Michael Bacon. And they are playing at Ardmore Music Hall tomorrow night at 7.30. Bacon. Tickets are available, so it was cool to talk through them. All right, we need to do our letter of the day, and we're going to trust that to Casey. You ready? Gotcha. All right. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. And the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. B as in Baboomba. All right, and we will give away on Friday a pair of tickets, an autographed guitar, and a room for the night as MMR rocks Steve. Panther, the Res Erections Tour. <laughs> uh, Saturday, April 30th at the Sound Waves at Hard Rock Hotel and Casino Atlantic City. And tickets are on sale now via Ticketmaster.com. And you can click concerts at WMMR.com for complete details. So excited to give that to somebody. I want to thank our sponsors, Preston and Steve Shows, brought to you today by Acme. You can get your free flu shot or COVID-19 booster at their pharmacy, Acme, fresh foods, local flavors. Also brought to you by A.D. Moyer Lumber, trusted expert since 1939. Your professional source for decks, windows, doors, kitchens, millwork, and more. And also brought to you by Garden State Home Loans your local mortgage lender, and you can check them out today at GardenStateLoans.com. Don't forget that Pierre Robert has MMR's concert cash coming up for you next, and that will be at noon, and then it happens again at 2, and then it happens at 4 and 6 and 8. So we do it at all those times uh, each and every day for the foreseeable future, Monday through Friday. Details at WMMR.com. Don't miss your opportunity. Tomorrow's a Tuesday, so we'll have Tattoosday taking place. We will also have on this program... A gentleman I've never had a chance to interview, Mr. Alex Lifeson. Very cool. Rush yeah. will be joining us, talking about a non-Rush project that he's a part of, which is cool. And we will also have, uh, ah, it's time to play show and tell. Wow. Some, some of us from the uh, President and Steve show are bringing in items to show and tell you about. Just like in school. Just like in kindergarten. Yep. And we'll, we'll have a good time doing that. So we'll have that and more tomorrow. That is it. We're done. Rage on. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Preston and Steve. On 93.3 WMMR. Hey, everybody. It's good to have you on the...